0: What's going on, guys?
1: Hey, man. How's it going?
0: It's going good. Good. To get good, good. Hello.
1: And to all the viewers, assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the three Muslims. Probably by the end of this podcast, the five Muslims, who knows? Now I'm just playing. All <laughs> joke aside. Um, Real quick, we started this podcast two years ago with the sole purpose of spreading Islam, exposing the truth about the misconceptions that the world is throwing about Islam. My name is Fyad. That's brother Rami over here. And that's brother Angel amazing it's great to meet you guys likewise
2: likewise all right rami bro do you want to take over i mean it's uh, it's all for a game we're all here just to chat right bismillah rahman rahim sunny and elena we spoke you know a few minutes before this is a pleasure Uh, we want to do this for a little while now Um, and i asked this before but i want to ask it again just so the viewers you know can uh can hear the answer as well did you guys know that your videos discussing Andrew Tate were going to blow up the way that they did?
0: So with the initial videos, I kind of made those intentionally to go viral with the Andrew Tate ones. I was like, Andrew Tate is the most trending thing. And mom reacts is like a cheat code to going viral. So I kind of <laughs> just put those two together. It was a it,
3: business decision on his part.
0: Yeah, it was definitely calculated. And then I used like specific algorithm stuff I know behind the scenes marketed on TikTok. So it definitely blew up more than I thought, but it got a yeah. you know.
3: A... Yeah, I didn't think that I didn't think that I, me being as part of the channel would really be as big of a thing as it is. And uh, it's turning into something that's really fun for us and a really fun way for us to spend time together and these are the conversations we have anyway. So for, you know, him to be able to use it in business and us be able to have a good time is awesome. But yeah, it's kind of it, this is not a path I, I thought I was going to be on. If you would have well, told me I was going to be on this path earlier this year, I would, no.
0: Making no. YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's just funny to think about. But it's
3: a cool path. I mean, you're on it too, and you guys are doing really well. And, you know, how, how does how, did you expect this yourselves?
2: It's it's funny because if I had mentioned in the beginning, we started this channel with the sole purpose of, if we can just help one person, then that's enough for us. So, we, I mean, we had our hopes, but... Me personally, I never expected to see like a hundred thousand, which we're about to hit. alhamdulillah. You know, I just, we just had the goal of we want to help people, we want to guide people to Islam, we want to speak the truth, and uh, dispel any misconceptions that are out there. Fight on, Huber. You want to add to that?
4: No, I mean you you said it you said it perfectly, bro. Well.
3: I think it's a really cool mission. You know, as a as a Christian, and uh, you've seen some of our videos where I, I've been talking about how my level of christianity has stepped up over the past year or so and i you know it was like in and out my whole life but i've you know come to it in a whole different way this year and so one of the things i understand that my job as a disciple is to be a fisher of men that's how it was put to you know jesus's disciples in in the in the bible and you're doing that in your you know not fishing for Jesus, of course, but um, I, I really think that whether I catch some fish or you catch some fish, I think we're making, we can make the world a better place by bringing people closer to God. Either mm-hmm. way, it's going to be better. Yeah. So it's very cool that that's your whole point. I
2: love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean a lot. And you know, it's actually, it's funny because from our perspective, we would say that we are actually also fulfilling the, you know, fishing for Jesus kind of mission. Because we believe that Jesus called people to worship one God alone and to enjoin good and forbid evil. And I don't know, maybe it's a little early to pull this out. The brothers know what I'm about to pull out. But I have this, uh, this book here. It's called The Five Gospels. And um, long story short, they put in gray letters, things Jesus probably didn't say, black letters, things he didn't say. And then you see like the pink down here. These are things Jesus probably did say. And when I was going through it, I found a lot of Jesus's most beautiful messages are the ones that the scholars who put this together agree. He probably said this, like he almost definitely said this, you know, for example, love thy enemies is in like red bold letters. So messages like that are the ones that Muslims resonate with very, very kindly. And it's kind of that understanding of Jesus that we want to portray to the world. But for Elena, for you, I know that you mentioned recently you kind of came back to it. And, Sonny, I know that you mentioned that you're interested in Islam because, you know, recently Andrew Tate accepted Islam and that kind of gauge your interest. So how are you both with, you know, Christianity, Islam, and spirituality?
0: I mean, you go. I can go first. I've never, like, I, I've grown up Christian, but I've never been too big into church myself. Like, I've just never really resonated with it, you know? And my my view on Islam has always been very, like, Americanized, if if you know what I mean. Like, I'm not surrounded by Muslims growing up. You know, I could only name, like, a couple handful that I went to school with or something like that. So I never really knew about the religion. Like, even for the longest time when I would think about it, it's like, in my mind, I wouldn't have n- ever thought Jesus would be the most mentioned prophet inside of the Quran. Like, I, I, I think it's, like, yeah, a completely different religion, like, if I think of, like, Hinduism and it has, like, elephant like I have no idea what's what was really going on inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and seeing, you know, how many similarities there are inside the religions, especially with like core beliefs, has definitely changed my mind to it a ton over the last few months, you know?
3: Absolutely. I, I agree. So yeah, again, we were we we're taught everything we need to know about Islam through um the media with a political slant that talks taught you know we learned about islam through learning about terrorist political organizations who happen to also be muslim right Mm -hmm. and and it all just becomes one thing in the news you know and one of our big things is in all of our videos is we tell everybody don't believe what you see in the news look deeper look deeper go ask questions get more opinions do your own research and you know so for us it you know we're putting our money where our mouth is by really researching islam and and i and I, i'm glad that we're doing that and for me this this you know my christian path without getting into it cuz it's been a long life you know all of it i don't want to bore you to death but god was always just on a throne in the sky and very distant and that for is what catholicism did for me and you know i've i've taken Part more in um, actual Bible study and being more into the Baptist uh, sect of Christianity, which is you know really more biblical teachings and mission work. And I'm not doing any mission work yet, but like that's what they do. They really reach out into the community. So. I have now a totally different relationship with God and with Jesus, and it's so much more awesome and real for me. So he hasn't had that experience yet. You know, we're just, I'm just bringing him into it because he was raised Catholic. He was raised with God on a throne, scary out there, not really in your heart. And where Islam comes in for me is I'm particularly fascinated with the study of it now and seeing the commonalities. That's where I'm at right now. Because I'm digging deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into the Old and New Testament and really starting to learn for the first time in my life in a way that's meaningful. And I'm, you know, what I learned from all these videos and all these conversations is where the common ground we have. And I think that that's so awesome. That to mm-hmm. me is like so beautiful that we have so much common ground. And I think that's a message that we need to spread. So.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's a question that just comes straight to my mind, if you guys don't mind me asking her, but yeah. did you know before, at least let's say before you started, you know, looking into Islam a little bit more, that it was also an Abrahamic faith?
4: Nope.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: didn't know. I don't
3: even have a long answer on that one. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I don't know. There's still a ton. I don't, I mean, I, I've only scratched the surface on Christianity. I went to 12 years of Catholic school and i feel like a new christian so wow. so i'm learning both of these uh both of these religions in parallel it, it is how it feels more yeah. i know more about christianity just because i did pick up something in all those years but in, in a really deeper biblical scholarly way it, this is a whole hmm. new world for me so
4: yeah.
1: oh, okay learning
3: that. so
4: yeah. you said that you grew up learning catholicism correct yes okay So it's actually amazing that you're saying what you're saying, that you're doing what you're doing, you know. May God bless you because you you truly seem sincere in you know what you're saying, your story and everything. And and I'm sure there's there's way more to your story because you you only said this much. But in Islam, like we're actually told to look for the answers, to read for ourselves, and we're told to not not just blindly follow what those before us are following. So, like our parents, our family in general, we're told to actually just like look for the answers yourself. Because if you're sincere, uh, God will show you everything. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's real beautiful that that y'all are on this path.
3: Thank you. It is for me. It's it, I mean it's every day. There's I'm I'm reading uh, about christianity or studying it i'm watching videos i watch more christian just entertainment than i used to and it's it's life-changing to wake up in the morning and open a book about you know a book about the bible or read a bible verse on an app or something than to wake up and think about the um you know serial killer (laughs) documentary that i watched the night before which was you know spent years doing and and it was entertaining but where did it really what did it have an impact on my life a positive impact oh, wow. no wow. no it doesn't it's just empty entertainment yeah. and yeah. I'm yeah. saying I'm never going to watch yeah. that again because hey you know we need dumb <laughs> entertainment sometimes but the priority in my life has completely shifted and it feels so good yeah, it's much right? right I you mean it sounds like it, you guys can relate
4: mm-hmm. to that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I have a question as well like I'm sorry I'm like I'm, I'm taking it for you But um, you said that you had a shift and in this shift, that's when you started to uh, started becoming more spiritual and you started uh, researching more, um, Mm -hmm. devoting yourself more. When would you say that this shift happened? And why would you say that this shift happened?
3: It happened at a couple of different points in my life um, where I felt I kept going back to the church and I would go back and I would go every week for a few months and then it just wasn't connecting. Right. But there were other moments, maybe at a retreat, a spiritual retreat with my one of my schools where I really felt something special, but then it went away and it just, I knew, always knew it was there. And then I would forget and just get caught up in life again. Cause it never really plugged all the way in. Right. So, um, about a year ago now or so I started what I came across um, this TV show called the chosen have you guys heard of it mm-hmm. oh gosh it's awesome okay so I'm gonna go on a chosen commercial now so uh-huh. it, the chosen is a fully crowdfunded uh, show about the about basically it's about Jesus when he hit the scene as an adult so it brings into play Jesus, how he found his disciples, who he chose, uh, the people, the, the Pharisees in the Jewish community who were like, who is this guy? You know, he's a charlatan. He's a sorcerer. He's nonsense. He's pretending to be saying he's God. You know, um, they were saying he was a blasphemer. And then you had the Romans and all the politics and they were not happy with him either. And it does a really good job of bringing the Bible to life and bringing these characters to life. Uh, you, you should watch it just for entertainment. I'm not trying to convert you because I know that's not an option. And uh, uh, But, it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, is, it is entertaining. And the characters are really human and the problems they have and the personalities they have and the conflicts. And, you know, it's not like anything I had ever seen. And it took it down to this really amazing place for me where it just hit me so hard the type of person he was and how he and how he chose the people around him and how he loved everyone you know and and taught them to love each other you know he brought in the tax collector matthew was a tax collector and the jews hated him because they were he was you know he was a jew who worked for the romans who was ruining their lives with overburdening them with taxes never giving them a break and he brought them in and taught them to love each other and that's that's something that is an example of wow, what I really wish we could see leaders doing today. So that was that opened a door for me, and all of a sudden, not only did I binge watch this show, season three just came out this week, um, I started to really look into look into Judaism and looking into understanding the the Old Testament more in a way that I never had, and all of a sudden, I'm realizing that the Bible has every single answer I could ever need. If I have a problem. Like, I have Googled things like, what did Jesus say about annoying people? Like, when I'm being human and and I, I'm, like, ready to flip out on somebody, I'm like, maybe there's something in the Bible that can help me to be more patient and kind. And there is. No matter what you ask, it's in there. And that's kind of crazy. And the things we've learned about the Quran, like all the science predictions that Muhammad, you know, put, you know, told and were eventually put down on paper, it, it's wild. You know, how these things, all the answers are there. Money, love, relationships, business, um, just you name it. Sickness, you name it. It's all in there. And for me, it's just opened up this whole world. And I just signed up. I haven't even told you yet, but I just signed up to take the, um, there's a seminary course at the church that I just joined. And it starts at the end of January. And it's a four-semester course that I could take for credit or I can just audit. I'm just auditing it. I don't need to be an official some, you know, I don't need to be official theologian. I don't need a degree. I just want it for myself because I'm just fascinated now. And then, so that's where it, it just happened. And I'm just, I, I'm never turning back because nothing, no, no romantic partner, no personal success, no travel experience, nothing ever f- can fulfill the way this does. And nothing is so consists, can stay. Everything else is just retail therapy
2: mm interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting.
3: Did I answer your question? I just rambled yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: uh, It was all over. But I it, the question. It oh, yeah, true. that's
3: how I talk all over the place. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> so, okay. So, with that being said, this means that you've you've kind of, like, looked into the Torah, Judaism, and you've looked into a little bit of the Quran and Islam, and, you know, you're now understanding that this is, like, these are the Abrahamic faiths and um the base of it all it's uh it's the same message it's it's worship one god and be a good person all Right. so with this being said like with the, the the studying that you've done so far with the the torah like what have you concluded with a little bit that you've done with the torah so far
3: so um really the old testament that i have been learning um you know, I, I'm just learning like a lot of historical things. First of all, mm-hmm. a lot of facts that are that that add up. Well, I'm learning um, that Jesus came to the scene and he would he was and it wasn't called the Old Testament at the time, but he was an Old Testament scholar. Um, he and he came in and broke some rules, and you know, really changed things. That they expected the Messiah to be a warrior to break them free from their oppressors, and he wasn't. He was a lamb, and that was wasn't what they expected. And and those are all lessons. Um, I feel a little I feel a little uh, on the spot and uneducated right now. I wish I had a better answer, but I'm sure yes. I'll think of something. Listen, listen, <laughs> we're
4: not scholars. We're not scholars. We're just having a conversation. Yeah yeah, I'm just you, no, yeah, yeah, thank you. yeah, because
3: I'm still just learning. Um, and I and I, I've learned a lot more about you know their just religious practices of you know the Friday night Shabbat dinner and how special that is and why it's so special and i really love it i'm loving their traditions more than i ever did and i grew up in brooklyn so like i had a ton of jewish friends like we were we, i grew up in an italian and jewish neighborhood so we you know we just always mixed and you too i mean really you've, you've always all half a dad's friends are jewish and yeah you know that's I mean... something that we're just very similar you know and italians and Jews, like grandmothers are really big onto guilt. Like we have a lot in common, you know, yeah. feed you. You got to eat more and you got to feel guilty about everything. That's what we do. Yeah. So, um, but learning on a more s- spiritual level makes me appreciate them
4: more. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So with that being said, what do you guys, what do both of y'all's, what are y'all's thoughts on uh, Moses, peace be upon him?
3: Moses, uh, my understanding is, you know, he was a, a very important prophet. Um, I know Moses, David, and Jesus had, uh, what do they call that alliance? There was like an alliance between the three of them that they they had a name for it. They were real. They were, they got together at some point. This is so ignorant. You're um, talking about,
1: you're talking about uh, Moses, Jesus, and who? David. David. I mean, they're, they're three Muslims. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't have too many thoughts on Moses. Like, I, I don't know much about him. Yeah, Moses
3: was another, wasn't just, a, just another very important prophet, you know, bringing forth the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments and uh, bringing messages of God. And then, you know, I know Jesus came along and was like, "Yay, Moses, he was into him too. I don't, I don't have a scholarly answer on that one either. <laughs> what do you tell me your thoughts? Like, what made you ask that question? Because I, 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 I really, thing. I have so much more to learn.
4: Okay, so the reason I ask is because, you know, I grew up Catholic. And then from Catholicism, um, I, you know, branched into Christianity. I became atheist for a while because of a lot of things were happening in my life. I was, um, I was just kind of angry because I didn't understand, like, if, if God existed, why, why am I experiencing these things? Like, why is this going on here? Mm. Um, but I came back and you know, I, I started looking into, like, all different religions, like Hinduism, Taoism, Buddhism, all this stuff. And I ended up back in Christianity. And from there, I had a lot of questions. And the more that I read the Bible, I was just very curious, very, very curious. And the reason I ask is because when I found out about Moses and I was learning more about Moses, I was learning that, okay, Moses had many great miracles that he did. You know, like mm-hmm. he parted Parting the, the sea. Red Sea. Yeah, yeah, That was pretty, yeah, yeah. He that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
4: it's pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's pretty dope. <laughs> and then from there, I start seeing the, um like in my mind, I'm like kind of like seeing, ah, oh, well, like, okay, Moses, peace be upon him, did this. Or Jesus, peace be upon him, he did this. And then I'm looking at the other prophets, and I'm seeing that each prophet that I'm looking into, they also like they have their own miracles, as well. And a question that I had and I genuinely like, it's a genuine question and I want to know what you think as well. And please don't think that I'm like trying to attack and, uh, at all, because it's you. a genuine it doesn't. question. I asked the pastors, I said, if you have all these prophets that were chosen by God, right, they all came with the same message, even the same message that Jesus has, and they all have performed miracles, just as Jesus has, then why now are we saying that uh, Jesus is, is the creator? When there were many times when I was reading the Bible that um, he, he was asked about like the day of judgment and stuff like this, and he was saying that, that knowledge is with the Father alone, and that he, he doesn't have this knowledge. No one in this world has this knowledge, and hmm. it was just genuine questions Never I had. So
3: yeah, that's interesting.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's genuine questions I have, so I just want uh, that's why I ask.
3: That's a, I mean that's a that's a great question, and uh, what I know about it is that he did Jesus did come and say that he was God.
0: He's a hundred percent God and hundred percent human. That's what we learned. Um, at the same time, but I,
3: but yeah, I I guess he didn't put it that way, but he did come and from the very beginning referred to himself as the son of man, which I just learned this. So I'm going to spit a fact, like I know what I'm talking about for a second here. And, um, back in the book of Daniel in the old Testament, there was a, there was a prophecy that the, you know, Daniel had a dream that the, someone calling the son of man, calling himself the son of man would, would be coming. And he was the deity with all power over all things. So he did say, he did distinguish himself mm-hmm. uh, in that way from the other prophets. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, so, it, it, and there will be people will say, well, Jesus never said he was God, and, but he did. And there was another instance um, where he was, when he was walking on water and he said, fear not, I am. And in the I am, he was repeating language that God had actually spoken to Moses at one point, um, so he, I think that answers your question, and I don't know if they answered it at the time, but, th- and that, but then for me, that raises the question of, you know, 600 years later, Muhammad comes along, and as I'm learning about your religion, you know, how does that jive, how does that jive with Jesus saying he's God? You know and the holy trinity and this, i know that uh, there's a yeah, conversation yeah. around well the holy trinity can't exist but um it's almost like branches of the same tree for to use an imperfect analogy is, is how we see it
4: mm-hmm. yeah and this is this is why like i have that genuine curiosity and this is what led me to i guess even consider reading the quran because at this point i'm still christian i'm still you know looking into these things and it was like a genuine question like okay if all this is this then how come you have this prophet this final final prophet that comes down and he's saying the same message that every single other prophet has said and he makes claims and the claims that he made is that uh this is preserved and it will continue to be preserved. And till this day, the Quran is preserved. So this is like, it just raised qu- genuine questions inside of me. And this is like, again, this is not what actually led me to Islam. This is just what arise curiosity and questions. Right. And, right. and this is why I ask. Cause I, I see that you're, you're starting to look into these things. So I just, I want to know where you guys are at. Yeah.
0: Wait, so the Quran hasn't changed at all. Right no wow how many times has the like what's the difference from the bible since...
3: so, so this is this is what i'm learning so the word on the street is that the bible's changed and it's all been made it's all been redone and it continues to be rewritten but it hasn't so i'm reading that I, you've heard me mention the the movie the case for christ mm-hmm. that like
1: some uh, like bell ringing sound from it's the dog. I'm sorry, the dog's Okay, well, no worries. We, no worries. Take,
3: we forgot to take off his collar. Sorry. It's mm-hmm. all
0: good. It's all
3: good. Yeah, yeah. he likes to. He, he always and he always likes to, you know, get his get his moment in the spotlight. And yeah, uh, uh, he okay. is very handsome. If you ever get if we ever put him on, um, so it, I'm reading the the we watched the movie The Case for Christ about a man named a journalist, very um, acclaimed journalist who decided to try to prove that Jesus Christ wasn't real and that he wasn't really the, the Messiah and that the resurrection was a forest and all that. And he set out to, to do that. And in doing it, he discovered he could find nothing but more and more and more evidence and proof that it was, in fact, true and it really did happen and so i'm reading the so the book that he that he wrote on it because the movie is you know dramatization and it's a really good starting place but i'm reading his book and there and he he talked with uh archaeologists biblical scholars theologians historical scholars um medical doctors, psychologists. And I'm only a hundred pages in and I'm already overwhelmed with how much I've learned. I'm already planning on finishing it and going back to page one so I can learn these things and use those as a, a springboard for more research. But one of the things he talks about is that, you know, very early on, it was the four gospels that were, that actually have tremendous consistency. And they have not changed. They have consistency with each other on all the main points, and they have not changed throughout the years. And then there you know there's all these other books that were written by different people as the years went on. but all the things that are written in the first hundred, hundred and fifty years after Christ's death are considered to be the most valid um, based on the same standards that are applied to any historical documents. So it's a myth
4: so and it's in helpful. this in this stuff that you're reading it it shows the actual sources where yeah. like it shows that there is no change
3: yeah yeah it shows that they, exactly that and it'll show where there are changes um that things were changed in translation they're acknowledged and uh clarified or explained
0: do people memorize the bible i don't i don't because isn't that that a thing thing with the quran like people memorize it yeah
2: rami do you want to go into that a little bit
3: yeah Yeah. tell us about that
2: yeah so allah says in the quran um that he i'm going to paraphrase a little bit but he he revealed the quran in the way so it's 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 compact and it's easy to to remember so i think there's about maybe six thousand verses in the quran and it's it's presented in a way where it's very easy to remember, you can maybe see it as like it rhymes a lot of the time, it has a lot of the same words used multiple times so it's, it's not difficult for even kids to memorize and that's why you have many kids around the world, not just in Muslim majority countries but even here in the West, who spend two years memorizing the Qur'an and they remember it basically for the rest of their life. Um, And this is why the Qur'an was so preserved, Mm. because from the very beginning, this is what the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, taught the people to do. And that the Qur'an actually means that which is recited. So it's supposed to be a book that's memorized and recited before it's written down and read. although both methods of preservation are valid. So we had the companions who learned the Qur'an from the Prophet, peace be upon him, himself. And they also wrote it down in various places. And they taught the people the Qur'an and then they taught people and then they taught. So you have basically both forms of preservation for the last 1400 years. And that's why Muslims are so certain and even historians are so certain that the Qur'an has been preserved basically for those two main reasons. I do mm-hmm. want to jump in um, on the discussion from earlier because I went to a Catholic school um, before I started practicing Islam. I was born into a Muslim family, but... You know how it is growing up in the West. You just you know, kind of go with the flow and eventually, you, hopefully you find God. And then, you know, if you're serious enough, you jump into it. So I went to Catholic school um, and basically end of grade 10, grade 11, I came across some videos about Islam and I started looking more and more into it, all while kind of learning the basic Christian concepts of the Trinity and, and Adam, and how he's expelled from heaven and all that stuff. And uh, so I want an adventure. And I was always Muslim, or right? I was never really really Christian. I don't want to, you know, want I don't want people to think that I'm claiming I was because uh, I wasn't. But I did look into both, and I did a lot of research, and I found majority of the arguments that I've heard from Christians um, are the ones that are I would I I don't want to say like taught, but I would say they're not exactly in the Bible. Or if they are, it's with that narrative that Jesus is God to begin with. And just to give a quick example of one, this one I actually found really interesting because it took me a while to find this. Um, With Jesus being the Son of Man, one of my my earlier Christian friends, his name was Seth, he presented this to me. And I didn't really try and combat it because I didn't know how. And then later, like years later, I came across, you know, for example, Ezekiel being called Son of Man like 90 times (laughs) in the Bible as well. So... You know, that would raise some alarms for some people, and myself Mm -hmm. included. It's like, if Jesus is the Son of Man, why is Ezekiel also being called Son of Man uh, in this kind of enlightening way? that's interesting. And um, I can, uh, it's actually in the book of Ezekiel, I think, from the very beginning, all throughout. It's kind of like a theme. It's like, he has a dream. Oh, Son of Man, you know, uh, take the scripture. Oh, Son of Man, eat what is before you and go speak to the people of Israel. You know, oh, Son of Man, so on and so forth. So... I just you know i found things like that very interesting and um i guess while while i'm at it also things like um what's a common one um, um the father and i and i are one you know that's a really really common one a lot of christians um mention but if you read throughout the old testament or so the new testament you find jesus says about the disciples let them be one as i am in you the father and you are in me so he's saying the same way me and the father are one let the 12 disciples be one So is is this one in being now? Are they one person? And there's more context given when you read what Paul wrote. I forget exactly where, but he said the one who plants the seed and the one who waters it are one. So this shows that it's like they're one in purpose now. And it's beautiful because you had mentioned the similarities between Christianity, Judaism and Islam. And I I loved what I was hearing because there are genuinely so many um, similarities. And when we first made the video, I was just kind of stuck on the differences. So when you had mentioned that, I was like, well, it's fairly different. It's going to be hard for us to, you know, unite and all that stuff. But um, thinking about it now, especially with your kind of goal with religion, having a good community, having a good relationship with God. These are things that are so strongly encouraged in Islam that you basically cannot have Islam without those things. That's how fundamental these things are to our religion. Um, uh, even things like... Um, there is something you mentioned about the community and how Jesus could turn these people, you know, who hated each other or were very far from each other into loving people, into good people, to Mm -hmm. go and transform society. I found that very beautiful because that's what we believe Jesus, you know, or any prophet messenger can do. And when you look at the prophet Muhammad, I think this is a great resemblance between the two. Um, He peace be upon him, he came to a tribe that was tribalistic. He went to a people that were tribalistic, literally like engaging in tribal wars, doing like horrendous things and he basically got all of them to unite in a way where in less, basically in a few decades, they conquered Rome. The same Romans that were persecuting Jesus, they were stronger back then Um, and the Persians as well. You know, this Muslim, small little like Bedouin Arab people got together under the banner of believing in one God They dispelled all their basically hatred for each other and they went, showed up on the Romans doorstep and conquered them. They went to the Persians, showed up on the doorstep and conquered them. They went basically to the borders of China. They went essentially all around the world. And now we have, you know, Islam basically worldwide today. So that's cool. Yeah, that's that's something that's always been surprising um, to me. But I want to hear a little more from you and, and Sonny as well. When it comes to Islam, especially in the beginning when, you know, you heard Andrew Tate convert and all that, and up until now when you're learning all, all these things about Islam, I know you mentioned scientific miracles. What has really stood out to you um, that makes you think, wow, you know, that's something that's special because you seem to have a keen sense of interest?
0: I'd probably say the scientific miracles. That's kind of more the stuff that I'm into. So hearing all of the miracles that couldn't have possibly been known at the time, are proven to be true now I probably th- thought that that was the most um, I guess Remarkable thing inside of it What would you say Is it the scientific stuff or is it like I feel like it would be the similarities for you
3: um, The scientific Stuff is fascinating
0: Another thing is um, It's not in the Quran but the biggest thing I've noticed about Islam is like the brotherhood With it so I've talked About this there's like This might be a bad example But with, like, black dudes or something, if they're at a party where it's, like, mostly white people, they have, like, that that connection. And with Christians and stuff, I feel like there isn't that as much of a connection where, you know, you meet another Christian and it's like, oh, that's – it's like everyone – it just feels like everyone's a Christian. If you tell someone that, it doesn't really mean as much. But then I've been out with Muslims where they meet other Muslims and they're like, Habibi, and then they're like – they have, like, that that brotherhood, and I'm like I don't know, that that also stands out to me and it it oh go ahead i'll let you no, that's that's the majority of my point
3: and i i countered you on this i countered you on this because he made it seem in his first commentary on it that it was like no one else does this and i'm like all right that's not true it's not true first of all just culturally italians do like the men there's there's a handshake and a hug and a kiss among men. Uh, And it's regular and it's, you know, it's very warm. Um, Now that I'm in a different type of church where I'm now making uh, acquaintances and friends with people who are, can actually, I can actually talk about the Bible with, there is like this whole other level connection. So what I think the difference is, is, is that, you know, you guys take your religion, you know, you let your religion drive your life. And so here, I'm finding Christians who let their religion, who let their belief in God, let God run. You know, the whole "Jesus take the wheel" thing is very real, and uh, it's not just an expression that you use when things are going wrong. Like just let him drive all the time because he knows better is is really more of the mindset. And so I, I I feel that with those, you know, paisans to use an Italian expression, and it, it's a it, it, which is a, a means brother is a brotherhood you know, or sisterhood. And so I, I just don't think it's as unique as Sunny does. But I think the real point is that Sunny's impressed by it. And I think it is impressive. You know, that, that closeness and that brotherhood. That before we came on live tonight, Rami, you, you said the other brothers aren't here yet. And yes. I said, oh, your brothers? Like, I thought you were real, you know, you were <laughs> three brothers. And he said, no, 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 just in the brotherhood. I was, all right, cool. Yeah, make it. So, and I think that's beautiful.
4: Yeah. It's, yeah. it goes to say that like it, it can be found elsewhere it's not just in Islam where you find this brotherhood or sisterhood as well for the sisters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's in Islam we're told by the Prophet Muhammad in one of the hadiths now the hadiths are narrations it's basically what the Prophet said um, and they're all authenticated so any hadith that we take to be as like okay he actually said this there's a chain of narration That you have scholars who are actually doing due diligence and like really just going through a process to either credit it or discredit it. Now, in one of these hadiths, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he said that um you should love for your brother what you love for yourself. And that's something that if you look in the Bible, it's fairly in there. It's fairly in the saying that you should love for um Your another neighbor. exactly it's it's yeah. the same it's the same message correct but the thing is, is like where do you see it most applied is for the most part in this land like you just see people even people that don't really practice they're muslim but they they don't really practice even they have that brotherhood and that sisterhood with other muslims it's a very very it's a very amazing thing to be honest where you could be muslim and someone all the way across the world. You've never met them, you don't know them, you don't know anything about them, but because you're Muslim, because you share that faith and because they love for you, what they would love for themselves, if you were gonna go over across seas and be with them, they would accept you into their house. They would take care of you as if you were their own. Like the the hospitality, the family type vibe that I've felt from Muslims, the only other place that I've ever felt that is my own family. Mm. so it, it's there's something there for sure
3: that's cool mm-hmm. and i and i have felt it outside of my own family and in other communities um so i stand by my like it's not unique but it is yeah, special yeah, yeah. it is special no matter where where it's coming from but i and but i do love i do love that it is it is so so part of your your culture to me that makes it much stronger and and much more credible oh i want to go back to the the original question though like so he said you know what was it that's most interesting because that that was really mm. what you where you came up that you really loved that about it um the scientific um revelations that were passed on to Muhammad are killer that is so cool i can't say enough about the um learning about that and knowing what i know about you know modern life i just found that to, to give tremendous credibility to muhammad as a prophet because there's no other way he could have known that you know yes some may what they did with jesus call him a sorcerer or something you know like whatever like okay that's like a vacuous uh, argument right against it, so I find that to be so credible uh, and impressive, and and uh, just fascinating. But then there are other things that really stood out for me that I haven't had time to research. Like uh, somewhere in the Quran, it said that Jesus was talking; he was a talking baby. I was just going to mention that the talking the, the, baby. Like the I can't get baby. past it. Like I I I haven't had time to really research it on my end on the Christian side, but. You know, in 12 years of Catholic school, I think I would have remembered that. And I don't think it's something that's in the Bible. I have to confirm that. So, you know, that's where I get a little um...
0: like the historical, the historical differences. And doesn't the Quran say Jesus wasn't crucified or. um Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah, and, and there
3: is actually a lot of a lot of historical proof that he was. So those two things are are sticking points for me. And it doesn't discredit the religion for me yeah. because I you know, but it does. Historically, I, I need to do a lot more homework because I, I do tend to believe something that was written within a 100 years of Jesus's death. As being mm-hmm. more accurate than something that was written about Jesus 600 years later, right? Yeah. Whether it was written by Muhammad or anybody, yeah,
2: yeah. that's 100, 100 percent. Yeah, and I so, think that's very fair. Oh, sorry, sorry, please finish.
3: Your yeah, no, that's it, that's it. Those are a really super interesting points, though. Yeah.
2: All of
0: them. I was 100%. gonna, I was gonna say that's always been a bigger struggle of mine with religion is differentiating like myth with what's factual. So we'd hear stuff like Adam and Eve, and the ark and stuff and that's considered like not you know uh historical truth but it's supposed to mean something else so then I would hear it, like walking on water and all those other stories and I would have trouble differentiating what is meant to be taken literally and what's meant to be taken as I guess myth is that is that yeah, the right but do word do you guys it?
3: know um in your knowledge because I don't it, is the is the ark, for example meant to be a myth or is it meant to be a historical no. you know fact that we understood and that one day an archaeologist may dig up that ark?
2: yeah so it's, it's real yeah with with islam when it comes to these stories we don't have this um this worry that oh there's no historical evidence of moses therefore he didn't exist because what's really important is when you're looking at a religion in regards to any kind of secular study like history or archaeology it's very important to understand this both the religion and the study itself when you look at history, uh, and I think this is something Bart Ehrman m- uh, mentioned, who's a historian and New Testament scholar, he said that historical truths. And I'm going to paraphrase: are not like facts. Historical facts are not like it 100% happened, like you exist and I exist as as a fact. You know, mm-hmm. historical truths are only probabilistic truths. The job of the historian is to tell you what most likely happened, because using do- you can have a document that say, that says you know. Um, on um, he'll beat Rami in an arm wrestle, but obviously that's not possible. So, that document is cle- <laughs> clearly wrong. <laughs> so, obviously, that document is clearly wrong. So, the job of the historian is to show what most likely happened. So, you'll, you'll, and by the way, I want to add that the reason kind of Christians or people who, who believe in the Bible, some of them want to say that these are myths is because of things like, you know, when evolution comes, they some of them kind of fold it over. And with things like the belief that the universe is 6,000 years old. I know not every Christian, not every Christian believes that, but some of them have adopted, well, it can't be literal um, for these reasons. You know That, that would mean the flood would, have, would, would be less than 6,000 years ago. And there was no great flood 6,000 years ago. There was a flood much, much earlier than that, a great flood. And if you look up Mount Judy, it's in Turkey, you'll see some pictures of a crevice that looks like a boat landed in it. And it's really interesting because side note, the Quran mm. says that the Ark landed on Mount Judy. So that's why it's so fascinating for Muslims when they see that. That's wild. Yeah,
3: see, yeah. that's cool. Have,
2: have you been to any
0: places where you had like crazy, I don't know if revelations is the right word, but you felt like something uh, significant when you went somewhere, whether it was a place like Mount Judy or anything like that?
2: That's all fired, bro, Fired
0: yeah we haven't to...
3: heard anything from you i want to hear it besides the lakers I mean, I mean, the, dodgers, <laughs> is that the dodgers
1: hat right the dodgers so yeah. i went to i went to umrah which is kind of like a pilgrimage right so in islam we have one of the five pillars of islam which is called hajj and hajj is the actual pilgrimage that we're ordained or i guess prescribed as muslims to do at least once in our life if we have the ability financially mentally physically to do so Um, but umrah is kind of like a voluntary mini pilgrimage right so when i went to do that in saudi arabia in mecca there's a place it's a mountain it's called jabal al-nur and when you go to that mountain it's like an arduous climb it was it was pretty rough i did this with my mother and when you get to the top that's basically the place that prophet muhammad peace be upon him was when he would get revelation that's when he that's where he was when he first got um angel gabriel peace be upon him who came and uh gave revelation basically so when i first went there just the emotions being there and just feeling that wow this is where he was peace be upon him getting revelation to spread islam to mankind it was it was a different type of feeling than just studying about it or reading about it physically being there it's a game changer
3: i've heard christians tell similar stories of going to calvary and you know bethlehem and all the places where certain big historical things happen and i think that you know where muhammad got his revelations and where these these other prophets had these special moments there must be something energetically special
4: about them on the earth
3: and i i I do believe that that has to be real and it could probably be measured by some scientific tool that doesn't exist yet or may even exist already
2: on Um, that note i i didn't want to mention this because it's a little like maybe crazy but there's a video on it they, they say, when you look at the surface of the earth, the, the center of it, which I know sounds crazy because the earth is a sphere or a spherical. Um, they say that the center of it is actually the Kaaba in Mecca, like the where, where Fayyad went. And they say that because this is where most of the energy is kind of expelled from from mm. the earth. And this is where we face when we, we we put, like we pray like Moses and Jesus and David all did and the prophet teaching upon him with their head on the floor. And maybe this is a little too theoretical, but... You know, some uh, I've heard, at least in a video, that we are basically expelling certain energy, kind of like grounding yourself. And to know that basically all this energy is being exerted from that place outward. Um, and they did measure this, you know, scientifically speaking, if you want, there's a video on it. I, I can link it for you guys after. It's interesting. Yeah, please do. But um, when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, hey, I have to mention it now. Because so, that, that that was crazy when I first heard it. But um, Hmm have you
3: it's it's so angel uh it feels like a thing you would have been most likely to read because you went on a spiritual journey outside of christianity and before you got to islam and all that but there was this book about 25 years ago came out called the celestine prophecy and you remember it and i think
4: i think I, i i've heard about it if I already i can't recall 100% but i'm i definitely heard this I it was a big
3: it was this. a big splash and everybody yeah, was yeah, going to yeah. become spiritual the whole world and then we blew it right but um we as, as we do <laughs> so yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
3: so it the the real gist of it was talking about the the spiritual energy of everything on earth and mm-hmm. how through meditation you can actually see the energy like you can see the energy between two people and how it changes when there's love and peace and when they're arguing or any other thing.
0: Uh, Um,
3: And you can look at a body of a forest of trees and see the connective energy between them. And so, you know, some people hear this and think that I'm some kind of a nut, but there was a time when I was meditating a lot, you know, like an hour a day. And I could see that in trees at, and you can see it between between your own fingertips. It's mm. really wild and it's really awesome. And that's what makes me really, truly believe that what Fayad was saying about his experience there is because there is special energy there that, you know, you that, we, that you can't see with the regular naked eye, but that exists there. And maybe you could see it if you really were in that space. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a non-religious book, I think it's really super valuable for religious people because meditation and, you know, and prayer go hand in hand, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, how, I, oh, oh, no, I was just going to say mother Teresa. And I love this quote that she said, um, prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. Yeah,
0: yeah,
3: and I think it's good for yeah. everybody, no matter what your religion
0: is. So I was going to ask, this might be Haram. I don't know. But do Muslims have any experience or do they talk about like psychedelics or anything at all? where you kind of, I don't know, get to feel that different energy in a way that it's kind of hard to explain? Or is that not really? We made a whole podcast on that.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so psychedelics, any substance in Islam is seen as haram, forbidden. Why is this? It's because there's a saying where if you want to ask God something, you pick the phone up. And when God gives you the message, you put the phone down, you hang up because that's it. Like he's giving you something that 10 times out of 10 is going to be so much that you really have to sit with that and like really reflect on it before you can actually put it to use. When you take a psychedelic, it's as if you pick the phone up and you can't put it down until the psychedelic trip is over. So while people receive many different things and while people experience many different things and see different things and all this stuff, God says in the Quran that in these things, there's some benefit, but the harm outweighs the benefit. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if the phone is picked up and you can't put the phone down, let's say you receive a hundred messages from God, how are you going to make use of these hundred messages? If you receive one, you have to you have to hang up the phone immediately. So imagine you you received a hundred. You it's just it keeps coming in. You are just like yo, oh, I can't take no more. No, no, no. you're gonna take more because you can't put it down. You took this substance. You're no longer in control. Now something else is in control. And again, like is this is, is there good in it? Very little. But the the harm far outweighs the benefit because if we're talking about energy, if we're talking about this stuff and like you're meditating and, and you're starting to see these things. And you see, ah, oh, there's actually something there. You go to a place and you feel something weird. Have you ever walked into a place and you could feel something really bad? Uh,
0: it's yes. weird. I talk about this all okay. the time. Like, I'm not the most religious person, but I'm, like, really big on energy. And with the way you say stuff is really important. And I have, I mean, it's not like I'm, like, a you know, a saint or nothing. But I always have, like, a weird feeling whenever I, it sounds dumb. Whenever I leave something at home or something, I, like, know in my gut. Until the second I find it and then it goes away. It's like a radar when you like don't put your seatbelt on. And then when I <laughs> click it in or grab whatever I missed. And it's that same kind of feeling when you go into certain places or you're going into a decision or something and you still have that same feeling deep down. But I feel like it's really just a matter of being able to communicate with that.
3: It could be. it's We call it intuition. It's, but it could be um, God telling you, um, like tapping you on the shoulder.
4: Yeah.
3: Saying dingbat you left the toaster on.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, it so. could be God, or it could be a, a, something God gave us. Who knows? Yeah. But it's another another thing I've seen is like how your your stomach—it's not like another brain, but yes, yes, yes. yes. You, you know guys have looked into that. this. The, the, the oh, gut it. is
1: a second brain. Yeah, it is. Oh well, then I'm not
0: even crazy. So your gut is like the second brain, and the food that they give us nowadays is like such garbage that it like yep. destroys Indeed. that connection that you'd be able to have with those senses.
3: Google the mind gut connection. And you'll be, you'll have five years of research. Right. It's just so
0: interesting to see all that stuff, and then it seems like like that is some of the most important stuff you can know and be in touch with. And they don't teach you that at all in school. In fact, they give you like food that's so garbage. Like, have you ever seen public school food or anything like that? Oh, it's like it's poison. It's legit poison. And it's it's just weird to see how. Yeah. It feels like there's such an active agenda, not just with school, but everything to push you away from that yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Yeah.
4: yeah, And it's crazy if you actually look into this, um, you have all this food, you have all these chemicals, these GMOs, um, you have all these things that are in the air that we can't actually see, right? And they're, they're affecting us internally, not just, not just our gut, but our actual brain. Like there's this gland within our brain called the pineal gland. You should look into it. As we grow older, this gland begins to calcify. It it forms like a layer of calcium over it. Why does it do this? It's because of the fluoride. It's because of the hormones. It's because of all this stuff in our environment that our body is trying to almost like cycle out, like trying to like filter it out, and it's being deposited right here. So again, there's many things here. And what's crazy is that, okay, you have all this stuff. Now, if you were to fast, but have you ever done a water fast by any chance?
0: No. I, I no? sometimes do intermittent fasting Well, I'll just eat like once a day. That way I yeah, have yeah, yeah. the most focus on work. Because if I eat, it's early, pretty early, nice, right? It is nice. Like today, actually, I kind of did that. I didn't eat till we sat down on the call. So I was able to stay focused. Yeah. Right when
4: I woke up.
3: What, is a water, gotcha. what, what does a water fast do for you? Have you done it?
4: Yeah, I've done, I've done water fast. But the whole point I'm trying to make is, is if anyone fasts, like your son, he does the well, one meal a day. It's intermittent fasting. With this, when you go X amount of time without eating, your body begins to – if you spend long enough, if you spend about 23 to 24 hours, your body goes into a state known as autophagy. Um, If you keep going, your body goes into ketosis and your body is just, God has created your body in such a way where it functions amazingly. Now, the whole point I'm trying to make is that when you fast, you're actually allowing your body to heal itself. You're allowing your body to cleanse itself. Mm. So that's why when you fast or more specifically, Muslims were prescribed fasting during the month of Ramadan. Now, in this month of Ramadan, you are... Yeah, from from sunrise to sunset, no water, no food.
3: I mean, thank God it's in December, but jeez, it's not I mean, easy. But no water.
4: It's, no, it's, <laughs> it's it's random times. Like oh, it, it actually is? it I've moves seen- with the. It's, um... not, it's
1: not it's not sunrise, bro. It's from dawn, fudger. 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 Oh, my bad, my bad. You me. Could, what's, the what's, the what's the difference?
3: What's the difference between sunrise so, and dawn? So, so, the,
1: the first, so we have five daily prayers as Muslims, right? I'm sure most people know that. The mm-hmm. first prayer is called fudger. So that happens when it's dawn, which is about an hour to two, give or take, from sunrise. So as soon as it hits dawn, that's when we got to start fasting. And mm-hmm. we go basically until what Brother Anjo said, which is sunset. Yeah. And in that time, it's not even a water fast. It's a dry fast. So no food, yeah. no water, no medications, more or less no intimacy with your spouse. It's just full on abstaining from your basic impulses and desires. Yeah, Yeah. But I, I got
4: a big point I'm trying to get at here. All right. So... When we do this fast when anyone does this fast even if you look at non-muslims who they do the fast because maybe they're, they're in a muslim country at the time or maybe they just have friends that are muslim and they want to try it out with them when they do this they become more spiritual they feel more in tune with the creator and it's like they start to feel things more because again the gut is beginning to heal the gut is the second brain the whole body begins to heal and the whole point I want to get at here is if we're talking about energy, if we walk into a place and you immediately feel something off, this is your gut. This is something that's intuitive. It's in your intuition. It's something that's, it's real. You can't see it, though. It's real. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, uh, Elena, that's your name, correct? Yeah. So you said you were meditating and you were seeing these things. And if you were to tell people, people would say you're probably crazy because they've yeah. ne- they probably never seen it. But the thing is, like, you ask anyone who's maybe done meditation long enough or you've asked anyone who's done psychedelics, they'll tell you, yeah, it's real. Like, I've seen this. I've seen this. So it's crazy that it's actually real. These places where this energy is actually real. And it means that this reality is not all that there is. It means that there's other things that of which we cannot perceive. And if we do, then it's very, very slight. And in the in the Quran, God says he mentions of a, a different creation that he made, which these are called the jinn. And the jinn, they are, he describes them as being in a place where they can see us, but we can't see them. Ooh. And this is this yeah. is just to um emphasize the fact that you know what you were experiencing when you were meditating, like it's it's real. And by the way, the, celest- the oh, yeah, celestial I prophecy, I, I never read it. I just remember now this girl that I was working with back in like 2015, I think she told me about this, and she was really, really spiritual at the time.
3: It's very Steve. cool, Reid. No, no, go on. That's it.
1: Okay, I just wanted to t- touch on the point that Anhel said about uh you know jinn. So in Islam, we have these creations aside from human beings called jinn, and they're very similar to you, you know you guys call them demons, right? It's the same thing. And there's one thing particularly that I wanted to kind of ask you guys, but in Christianity, Satan is a fallen angel, correct? Yes. In Islam, the Quran, through, through uh, you know, the Quran, Allah tells us that Shaitan or, you know, Iblis, who is Satan, is not a fallen angel. It's a jinn. Hmm. And this is kind of cool because when I found that out, I always wondered why in Christianity, they you know, you guys believe that it's a fallen angel because wouldn't God create an angel who is kind of, you know, for the purpose of just obeying God's commandments and being kind of just solely instructed for that one thing. So when I found out that, Oh, how could something that God created fall off course like that when it was solely created without free will, without any, you know, I guess, capability of comprehension or thought or free will, how could that happen? And then when I found out that in Islam, we believe that, you know, Satan is a jinn to me, that was kind of different. And I guess it just appealed a little bit more to me, but I want to know your thoughts on that.
3: So I, I, he was a an archangel, which is you know like a top level mm-hmm. uh, executive vice president mm-hmm. angel, and I do believe they had free will, but you know I have to now I have to verify that. So that that I think is why he was able to fall, where the mm-hmm. others did not. But it's a it's a good question, and now I want to know.
4: Yeah, because in Islam the angels don't have free will. Yeah, and if you actually this is where i'm kind of like now curious you you said that supposedly supposed to be from your research there's um there's certain things within the bible that have not changed okay and where this thing that we're we're saying now about satan you know when he's being referred to as a an angel an archangel like where exactly in the bible was this and if it if it, if it's in a place where it was altered well, then how, how much can you actually believe what was being said? And if you, if, if we see the angels as, as having no free will, but then we see the jinn, jinn are another creation kind of like us. They also have free will. They also live like us. They also eat like us. They also have families like us. They have the choice whether they want to do good, whether they want to do bad, whether they want to worship God, whether they don't want to worship God. So it's like in, in the Quran, uh, Satan was this jinn that was like, basically the top of the top like how you said this archangel is the top of the top well he was his jinn that was the top of the top that so much so that he was actually brought close to god and when god was creating adam first he he first he made the body he made the body as if like imagine this like empty vessel this like empty clay thing or this empty like i don't know just like a statue or something like this right he made this statue and he's basically saying like, this is, this is my creation. And then he's telling all the angels to prostrate. And, um, at least Satan didn't prostrate. He didn't prostrate because he was looking at this. He was like knocking on it, going in, going out of it. And he's like, I'm not going to prostrate to this because I'm better than this. Like you made me of a smokeless fire yet here, you made this creation of, of dirt. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to prostrate to that. And from there, that's 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 the arrogance. That's what caused his fall. And oh. you see that in the Bible too. It was yeah, the, it was the old. fall, the arrogance that caused him to fall.
3: So then he came back and he like said, "Eat the apple," and he was like, "I'm going to ruin this guy, <laughs> right, Bro. or something like that." Uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna look up. Like, did archangels have free will? Because. I, I really, I may not find the answer quickly. This may be deeper than mm-hmm. than all that, but.
2: Yeah. So I, I think generally, and obviously there's different denominations. I think generally Christians think that. um he did have, have a report,
3: according yeah. To the, and,
2: according to Google page one, he had free, <laughs> Lucifer had yeah. free will.
3: Okay. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll go deeper <laughs> later. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> Sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Rami. Yeah,
2: no worries. No worries. Yeah. That's that's what Christians believe. And, and it's it's usually basically, it helps justify the idea that Satan was a fallen angel. Because it's just a difference of belief. Christians believe angels have free will, Muslims don't. It's just a difference in theology. It's not something too too important, just different viewpoints. Um, But yeah, long story short, basically, Satan afterwards, he he swore, he made basically a promise that I'm going to try my best to misguide everyone. And Allah said, listen, you won't misguide anyone except those who like basically are, they, they don't mind being astray. You know, they don't actually want the truth. They don't want to be guided. But my servants, the ones that obey me, basically try, go try, see what happens and, Alhamdulillah, you know, we're still very, very strong. And yeah. uh, some of us are untouchable. Not speaking of myself, but some people are just, you know. There's actually a hadith a narration of, of one of the companions of the Prophet. The Prophet peace be yeah. upon him, he said, when he sees this, when when Satan sees this companion walking, he basically walks the other way. He doesn't even try with him. And that's, you know, hopefully the, the level we hope to get to. But I want to bring this conversation. With... Yeah, and may Allah allow us to, to get to that point. Ameen. Ameen. I mean, I want to bring Ameen. this conversation back to the kind of um basic theological discussion um you had mentioned elena that the prophet peace be upon him is a true prophet of god and you realize that through some of the things he prophesized and revealed like for example the scientific miracles in the quran is that true
3: No, i do i do see him as a prophet absolutely
2: and so- I, I, I think
3: we have differing opinions on on other well, things but yeah. uh, so far anyway yeah. but yes i do I, he absolutely is a prophet
2: that's very beautiful, very beautiful. And Sonny, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree. All right, beautiful. And the reason I asked is because I want to give a, a brief basic summary on Islam because I really genuinely think you guys will resonate with it. And Elena, with what mm. you were describing before with wanting community, wanting that relationship with God, there is no way I can communicate to you how how important this is in Islam and how easy it is to get there. Um For example, just fasting, like the brothers mentioned, is something you just instantly feel close with God. So I want to bring it to a very basic level. And I'll actually start with the Old Testament. I want us to think about this from a historical perspective. And it really helped me understand things when I looked at it in this way. You have at the time of Pharaoh and Moses, peace be upon him. um, God sends the messenger and prophet Moses to his people to deliver them from Pharaoh. Correct? To the point where God split the sea. Right? God caused allowed Moses to split the sea for the children of Israel to go through. And then he destroyed his enemies with that sea. Yeah. And all God said was, Here, Israel, your Lord God is one. He does not resemble anything that flies in the sky, that walks on the earth, or that swims in the sea. And then as soon as Moses left, they worshipped a golden, a golden calf. They made a statue and they worshipped it. And Moses got back and he was like almost biting his fingers in, in anger at these people. Because in truth... We need to only worship one God who is not something that we can mold or fashion or we can create or we can you know, give birth to or, or anything like that. God is someone who is, There is nothing compare, comparable to Him. If you think you see God, then you're wrong. That's not God. You know, I think that's a very easy way of putting it. So Islam says this, God created Adam and Eve and He sent prophets and messengers all with the same exact message. You are my creation. And I created you to worship me alone. So obey my prophets and obey my messengers. Receive my revelation and accept it. Uh, And and take it into your life. Make it a part of your life. Obey my commandments. And I will reward you with heaven. Every single prophet came with this message. All the Israelite prophets, all the non-Israelite prophets. And then you get to Jesus, peace be upon him. And his message, as we find, is no different. He had the same first commandment. When the young jewish man came to him he asked him about the first commandment he said here israel your lord god is one worship one god alone and when you delve through the bible and i'm sure you're familiar with a lot of these verses you find very very clear sayings like the father is greater than i i can do nothing of my own authority you know no one knows of the hour not the son not the angels in heaven no one except the father alone knows the hour
3: yeah he did he did indicate that at, in certain things like he would say
2: well only my father knows this or that yeah mm-hmm. 100% and the islamic perspective on the bible is not that it's like 100% wrong throw it away actually when the when the companions brought the bible the old testament to the prophet he said this is a good book that's actually what he said because there are things in there that we believe is is legit like when Moses went to his people and said, you know, uh, worship one God alone. And when he condemned them for worshiping, the, worshiping golden calf. And when Jesus came and he said, um, you know, the Father is greater than I. Worship one God alone. All these things. We believe Jesus said that 100%. But what happened? And I mentioned this in the original video. I don't know if you, if you guys watched it or not. What happened? Jesus, and I'm willing to claim this strongly, got lost in translation. Lost in transmission. Now, what does that mean? That means Jesus very clearly came. He had one message, but after he left, we don't believe he died, you guys do, and I want to talk about that a little bit towards the end. After he left, there were people that came and claimed things about Jesus and the religion that Jesus himself and even some of the disciples never claimed. For example, Paul went to the Romans and he told them, basically, don't worry about the law. you don't have to circum- <laughs> you know you don't have to circumcise your children, you don't have to abandon eating pork and drinking. you don't have to you know not be adulterers or whatever. You can do whatever you want. Just believe Jesus died for your sins. And he basically invented this Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing. The only instance of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit being mentioned is in, in one of the Gospels where they're being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there is no description. The Trinity of God being uh, you know, three persons who are co-equal, co-eternal um, in every possible way, came 300 years, yes, 300 years after Jesus and the Council of Nicaea. Even Paul himself believed that the Father was an authority over Jesus because he wrote that um, the head of man is Christ and the head of Christ is the Father. So my, my, my main thing is that you have all these reiterations, these changes, <clears throat> these, from subordinationism to separationism to dualism to modalism, to all these different understandings of who God is. When the most basic, beautiful, clear one that Jesus came with was there the whole time. Worship one God alone. He doesn't resemble anything that walks, that flies, that swims. He's not something you can you know, imagine or see or, or comprehend. Just know that He created you to worship Him. So that's why when Allah sent the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it was to bring back this message that Moses had, that Noah had, that Abraham had, that Jesus had. Worship one God alone and denounce the false idols. So when you look at Deuteronomy and you see where it says, if a prophet speaks a prophecy that ends up being true, then he is a prophet of God. And you guys see that? Even by biblical standards, the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is a true prophet. Mm -hmm. And he is, I would say, correcting the faults. And it's very beautifully outlined in the Quran. Allah says that the Christians say, Jesus is the son of God. But they're just reiterating the things, the lies that they heard from people before them. And that's the Islamic stance. It's very simple, very clear. Worship one God alone. All the prophets said that. The Prophet Muhammad is the last prophet in this chain. And if you want, you know, if you intend goodness for yourself, for your community, for your people, and if you want to worship God, then accept the Qur'an as the word of Allah, which was delivered to the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet Muhammad is the last and final messenger of God. And the Muslims are ready to accept you guys into the community as you have seen. take you as a brother and sister in Islam.
3: All right. But Jesus is coming back any minute. So, you know, we, we, have that. we have that to contend with too, right? I hope one of them comes back because we need them. I don't know, 100%.
2: know how they'd
3: be, how the world, I uh, joke, but <laughs> we do. Um, no, I thank you for that. And I, I you know, I really do. Um, I do just, you know, what I'm studying though is, and I, I have to become better versed because I really want to have this conversation on a more intellectual level with you, like truly, um, as well as, you know, the theological level. But there, there was some part of it, there was some scene where Jesus was being baptized, I believe, by John the Baptist, where he th- there was a mention of at that point, the Holy Spirit being present and God being present and you know yes he did he did acknowledge the differences in himself and and god and the holy spirit but he also it, it's my understanding that in his teachings he did talk about them as a if he didn't use the word trinity as a as a single being so i want to revisit that with you i want to do a little bit more homework
2: Absolutely. on it
3: because i hear a lot of things that you know oh th- this is what's what and then i do more homework on it and i hear other opinions and you know i want to really get the full the full yeah. picture yeah. um you know then there's Jesus's death you mentioned
2: yeah yeah we could talk about that now if, if you're curious about the Islamic uh, position because um when sunny yeah. mentioned it I I, I did want to jump in and, and say something uh, but I, I I lost track I tend to do that I know
3: before. well we could we yeah. could yeah this, this there were a lot of things that we've had to leave on the table here tonight yeah. just in the in the the, the interest mm-hmm. of being respectful and letting letting other people go on but I would love to hear your um your your teachings on the death of Jesus.
2: Absolutely. So one thing's for sure, we're definitely going to need a part two eventually. And I would for love sure. for us to, to, to uh, go back, you know, all of us do research, look at what we can find and uh, touch base again yes. and discuss this in the future. But You're very cool. What, when it comes to the crucifixion of Jesus, actually it's a lot of people misquote what the Quran actually says. Um, and they just focus on the fact that we don't believe he was killed or crucified. Um, but what the Quran actually says word for word, is they, they meaning the, the Romans and Jews and people, they did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, but it was made to appear that way. So let me kind of paint the picture because context is very important. You have Jesus, right? Just like Moses went to his people and it literally split the sea for them. Jesus came, he healed. He's like, you're blind, let me heal you. You have leprosy, let me heal you. This water, I will walk on it. This water, I will turn it to wine. There's no explanation other than this person is a prophet of God and telling the truth and we need to listen to them. They still do not listen. So these are clearly very disobedient and and, and uh, you know, defiant people. Just like, unfortunately, the children of Israel had a history of being very defiant. Um, and I don't need to mention the, uh, the numerous times where that's recorded in the Quran and, and in yeah. the Old Testament. So these people very clearly knew he was a prophet, but still wanted to kill him. They still wanted to go out of their way and get rid of him. So God, you can maybe look at it as their punishment. Uh, let them think that they succeeded in it. Because God leaves astray those who don't want to be guided. He gives them the message. They reject it enough times. God said, okay, fine. You want to be, be left astray? Go, go astray. So they thought he was crucified, um, but he wasn't. And what happened is very actually interesting. I'll send you guys a video that highlights this. But in Psalm 91, it speaks about Jesus. And this is confirming the New Testament. Being protected by God. So his enemies will not beat him. And he will be raised up to heaven by the angels. The angels will take him up to heaven. Right, This is prophecy about Jesus and what happened in the kind of you know Christian theology is that he was killed So how was he protected and, and taken up by angels if he ended up being killed that doesn't add up The Quran came down and said that the angels took Jesus up peace and blessings be upon him And protected him so that he can come back which we believe he's going to come back as well for the second coming And kill the antichrist and all of that So very interesting because now you're going to be saying whoa 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 R- Rami relax the mm-hmm. heck's wrong with you you're crazy you're so ahistorical I want to slap you but hear me out hear me out the Quran says that it was made to appear that way so what the people think that back then is that Jesus was crucified so that is without a doubt what they are going to say but I will mention is it completely 100% ahistorical to say that there were people that believed he was not crucified that's not true. There was a second-century church, church father named Basilides, who mm-hmm. people said that he claimed to have a secret di- tradition. He believed, and this is written in the Book of Heresies um, by um, I forget who wrote it, that Jesus was switched out on the cross with Simon, and that and we believe that 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 Simon, not Simon, but we believe that which one- Simon,
3: Simon Peter or the second Simon. Like,
2: I'm, I'm not sure which Simon specifically. Okay,
3: not that it matters, just in case you know. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so this Arrhenius claimed that um, Basilides claimed that uh, Simon is switched out with, uh, with Jesus on the cross. And some people, some scholars say that what happened is God replaced Jesus with one of the disciples or with another person and made him look like Jesus so that people would think it was him kind of as their punishment. So there's actually a second century person Who believed, who was a church father, who believed that Jesus was not crucified? And you have people like the Ebionites and and I think the Monarchites or something like that who believed that Jesus was not God but a prophet and a messenger like Muslims believe. So all I'm going to say is that Judeo-Christian history, including the time of Jesus, is not something that is certain or factual, Simon of Cyrene um, the Warner says. Thank you, Brother Habibi. um, So all I'm trying to say is that it is not something that is is clear-cut, especially historically um and it is definitely something to be investigated and does not invalidate the quran uh, kind of based on what is said uh, does that make sense i know i said a lot do you have any uh, any questions about that
0: that makes sense it, i mean it's definitely like that that's probably <laughs> the biggest difference in the religions no <laughs> because...
3: no no so so wait wait, wait. i want to recap and make sure i understand what you're saying okay we, yeah, so yeah. my story is they put jesus up on the cross the disciples who were not in hiding at that point, um, including his mother and Mary Magdalene, they were they and and many others were there, watched him die,
0: yeah.
3: buried him in the tomb, which they didn't always give that that give that even much courtesy to people that were crucified, but they did. They let him be buried in a tomb three days later. Mary Magdalene was the first one to see him. She came, he came out and he was like, Hey, I'm not dead. Hey, you know, God brought me back to life and I'm resurrected, and which is an example of what will happen to all of us if we Mm -hmm. if we, you know, believe and we, you know, succumb to God's will. And that then then there were hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses to his resurrection, and the story spread like wildfire after that. And it was Mm -hmm. already a fire and it went nuts. Okay, that's my story. You're what I'm hearing is they switched him out. They put somebody else on, one of the apostles, and the people that were there witnessing Jesus's crucifixion actually were tricked by God because God made this other person look like Jesus. And then three days later, Jesus just like popped out from behind a tree and was like, "Eh," you know, like what happened? I'm exaggerating. I'm making light of it. But, you know, it, it doesn't, like the part that, God, why would God trick someone into, that's, uh, it, it's overcomplicating the story. It's, it okay. seems mm-hmm. then, then what it, yeah. you know, the, no, 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 think, my I story think... is hard enough to believe.
1: So, and just, just to make sure we're on the same page before Rami carries on the theological, I guess, significance of the biblical narrative is that this is the original sin. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That he, okay. for,
3: he, that he dies in order that all of our sins might be forgiven. Yes. He, to part, okay. to, to, to cleanse all of his followers of sin isn't that like
0: the most important part of the whole religion it's like the base of it i mean no jesus dying on the cross so like that's a massive difference like right in the two religions like yeah it's a big deal so i just Uh wanted to outline that to the viewers too
1: because people are like where are you guys going with this this is the main (laughs) theological significance of the crucifixion that they believe
2: yeah 100 percent. So when this is why, well, first I want to mention we don't believe Jesus came back three days later. We don't believe he, he, he appeared ever um, you know since then. We do believe in the second coming and the Antichrist and all that. Obviously that hasn't happened yet, but we do believe that will happen. Um, the reason I mentioned kind of the Candela context is because it obviously it sounds bad if God like just tricks people, um, but like I mentioned, God is not just tricking innocent people. This is, he, he sent them a messenger. Who from our perspective, spoke as a baby, healed the blind and the lepers, walked on on waters, recorded in the Bible, um, you know, did all these miracles and they still rejected him. So God let them go further into misguidance. Um, that's basically it, but at the same time, you still have remnants in even what we have today in the Bible of Jesus, and like for example, Psalm 91, like I mentioned, saying that basically he will not be crucified for lack of a better term. You still have jesus himself kind of uh saying that there's one god and not claiming to be god and and all of that stuff um but Mm. i i do i want to ask you a question now um you mentioned there were hundreds of eyewitnesses now my question is were there hundreds of reports or were, were 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 there basically was there one report that mentioned hundreds of eyewitnesses
3: there there were many reports i can't give you a number I can come back on our next talk and give you and yeah. give you more actual mm-hmm. i'll I'll give you more I'll do more research and give some more data from um you know yeah. the theologians and historians who have studied this for two thousand years now, and I'll be happy to but yeah. you know th- go back to you know when he from when he was arrested and he he went through you know a full day of torture and lashings. And carrying a cross through this town um, before he was ultimately hung on the cross, and you know, so for me to, so whether or not you someone would believe that he he resurrected, there, there really is very little historical dispute that he went through that process, and he suffered yeah. tremendously. Um, you know, the thorn, the crown of thorns, the yeah. lashings with the the whip that had you know fragments of bone and nail, Mm -hmm. you know, woven into it, that his back was raw and he, he, many people died just from the beating he took before he even got up on the cross. So there's a lot, there is eyewitness and historical documentation around that, mostly from apostles and theologians, but also from some, uh, there was a guy named Josephus who was like a historian at the time who was not. A religious figure and he mostly reported on political stuff. And, um, you know, he, he talks about Jesus a little bit in there. So there's so much there that says that it was him and it did happen. And I, I, for me, it's a, it's a bigger leap that God would try to further fool the people that were doing that to him. Because I think what happened after that is many of those people came to repent and, turn to god after the resurrection after jesus's death and at the resurrection because they said now they're like oh my god what have i done mm-hmm. and i think that that is more powerful for them yeah. so i and, and and i'm just not sure what the motivation is for changing that story i other than to
1: Ooh.
3: undermine the uh, what, resurrection. If, what
1: yeah what if it wasn't changing the story but actually clarifying misunderstanding
3: if it was that right. no that's a good point uh and, and it, but but it doesn't it feels like it's unclarifying it and i feel like it feels yeah. muddier than yeah. than the original story
4: yeah okay. so i have okay. i have a question if you if you allow rami because i see you going in bro. Right? i see you, you're passionate here you, but i have a genuine question i've been holding it for a long time it's burning me up inside you said that you you give the Prophet Muhammad peace be, peace be upon him, his credibility that, that he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. And you, you would do the same for Moses, David, and all the rest of the prophets that we have account of. I, 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 I Yeah, i stand okay. by that. Okay, so when these prophets came, would you also agree that they came with the same message?
3: Um, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't you know, know all of Muhammad's when, again, messages, and, yeah, and I know yeah. Jesus didn't talk about you know the the, the scientific stuff that Muhammad did. So yeah, they yeah. came with they came with some of the same messaging, and some of it is is all you know it's all over the place, right, or yeah, different, yeah. Yeah.
4: additional. And then again, we're not we're not scholars. Really oh because, no, I'm I'm fascinated. Yeah, I know, I'm having we're a great time. You, right? right? Yeah. So if if all these prophets are talking about God, and they're trying to remind humanity about God. They have this message, okay? The first prophet that comes into the picture, they bring the message, okay? It's fresh, everyone's hearing it, everyone knows about it. Once this prophet is gone, why would another prophet come into the picture? If the message was already delivered, would it because be because are, it was because altered? we're
3: obstinate and we're ridiculous and we need to exactly. be hit over the head a few more times.
4: Exactly. Exactly. We have an ego and our ego gets in the way. We mess things up. It's just the way we are as humans. So because of this, God sends another prophet. And then the same thing happens again. Right? It's kind of like that game that we used to play as kids. I don't know if you guys played this. It was a telephone game. Yes. Well, like you would you would tell someone something in their ear and they tell it like in a circle, and yep. then as it's coming back, like you, you see if it's the same thing you said or not. Yeah, yeah, So it's it's like God's been trying to do this with all of humanity. And each time that we mess things up, he brings another prophet with the same thing, trying to bring us back to him. Now, if Jesus, peace be upon him, came and he had original message and then now he's not here let's say okay let's say figuratively speaking he was crucified yeah Mm -hmm. so let's say he was crucified and even though he was crucified he still left his message he still left the message would it not then be pretty much clarified that that message was also altered by us which is why the prophet muhammad peace be upon him, came into the picture. And now, after the Prophet Muhammad, there has been no other prophet that has come down with this message because God says in the Quran that this is the message. Today, I've completed my favor upon you and I've given you the entire message. Like, I've I've completed it. It's done and it's going to be preserved. And therefore, today, we have the Quran has not been has not been altered whatsoever and you have not had another prophet come down to basically spread the same message bring people back to the same thing so that's where it just brings a genuine question like okay well then what's what's the truth here Hmm.
0: Hmm. i was gonna ask that same question why there hasn't been a prophet since when the other prophets were coming along did they say that there would be more messages or each time was it considered to be the last time God was sending someone down?
4: It's supposed to be the last time. Every okay. single time was supposed to be the last time. Wow.
3: Well, do we know that? Um,
2: I, I mean, Jesus I, said I would, he was like, coming back. Yeah. I, I, would, I would disagree a little bit um, <clears throat> because I, I would say the children of Israel, actually, like God had kind of a sunnah, like a, a way with them where every time a prophet would you know, be killed or would die, he would send another one. And even at the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, the, the Jews were, were basically telling the, the, the Arabs, the people, um, before the Prophet Muhammad came out as a prophet, that, you know, they, they, the Jews used to tell them, wait for us um, uh, when we get our prophet. Just wait for our prophet to come. Then you guys are going to see, we're going to, you know, dominate, we're going to be on top. And then when the Prophet Muhammad came and fulfilled the criteria of the, the prophet they were waiting for, um, but he turned out to be an Arab instead of a Jew, um, some of them rejected him because of that reason. Uh, so... The prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the only one who explicitly said, I am the last and final prophet of God. Even Jesus, peace be upon him, if you take the Bible to be something that is, is accurate in, in what he said, he said that uh, I have many things to say unto you, um, but basically I cannot not do so now. So when the spirit of truth comes, so on and so forth, he says like, basically the spirit of truth will come unto you. And he will basically, you know, um, tell you the truth and so on and so forth and say things that I cannot say. Um, there are other instances in the Old Testament that predict a, a prophet who will be a warrior of God, who will go out to the Gentiles and will basically preach what God, and this is um, Isaiah 42, I believe. Um, you know, they'll preach the word of God. He will make Mount Silla sing. Mount Silla is, is a mountain, I think, in, in Medina or in Mecca, somewhere in that region. And the prophet, peace be upon him, is the only man ever recorded throughout history. Where when he walked into Medina, the people were on the mountaintops singing for him and chanting and cheering for him when he, when he walked in. That's so cool. Our Oh, sorry. You, a, you want to say something?
3: Well, yeah. I, I just don't see how these two things have to be mutually exclusive in the sense that Jesus, I do believe, is God.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: One and the same with God. I also can believe that Muhammad is a prophet.
2: I see. So- and,
3: and I don't see why I can't believe both that Jesus as God would send another prophet because if that is the case and they're looking down on us and saying, they can see the turmoil.
2: Yeah. I
3: mean, we're clearly falling further and further from God as a human race. Yeah. Um, I, I can see him sending Muhammad. And mm-hmm. I, and I, and I am cool with Muhammad's, what I know so far of Muhammad's message. And I think it's great. And I think it aligns in so many ways. All right. So I don't know that it, I don't know that it needs to be one or the other. And well, I do believe that God speaks to us, comes yeah. to us where we are. And maybe he's speaking to you mm-hmm. in a way that works better for you and works better for me. And I, I yeah. think it's all cool. I, yeah. That Maybe that, maybe I'm just
2: oversimplifying it. I mean... Let me ask you a question. Would Jesus send a prophet that says that Jesus is not God?
3: <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. Um, maybe Jesus sent the prophet and maybe the prophet got the message wrong. <laughs> I don't know. You know, this, it's a good question. And it, needs, it requires a lot more research to find out. Are but...
0: prophet's messages directly from
2: God, though?
0: Or am I wrong?
3: Yes, but they're still people. Right, you know.
2: I mean, if, if God gave you a re- revelation uh, saying, you know, worship one God alone and, and it's not Jesus, do you think that you could mess that up?
3: If God came to me personally? Yeah, yeah if God gave would... you
2: a revelation and it was like, you know, Jesus is not God um, and that was a revelation, do you think that would be something that you would, oh, I'm a human and kind of slip up?
3: Well, I think if God spoke to me directly, I would listen. And yeah. you know, I think that that's a that, that. I'd like to think that I would be smart enough to pay attention to that <laughs> yeah. and know that it was real. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just I, curious I, it's is, really, is that, is that yeah. not
1: the first commandment in Christianity?
3: Well, uh, the first are, are do we not all follow the same Ten Commandments?
2: No. Well, I mean, it's not, not necessarily we, it's, it's not that we don't follow it necessarily. It's just, we don't have a concept of the 10 commandments. We just have like, like sins. And, but we agree as far as I know, with my knowledge of the 10 commandments that those things are sins, like, you know, uh, coveting your neighbor's wife and and taking um, other gods and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, They're pretty good. They're pretty good rules. Yeah.
3: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And honoring God is and honoring mother and the father, my mother and your father and all the things. Um, But I I just, with what I've learned, I'm so convinced that Jesus was crucified
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that he could not have survived yeah. and that he did fulfill his promise of coming back and in a way to show us that we will all be resurrected yeah. and live in the heavenly kingdom if we come to God through him. So... Yeah, it does put a crack in what I said earlier, a big crack in what I said earlier about Muhammad being a prophet. But I still do believe that he can—he could have come and put those messages, you know, out into the world. But to what I, I would like to talk to Muslim scholars and find out what scrutiny the Quran has been put under, because as we started in this conversation a long time ago, um, you talked about how the the Quran uh, is meant to be memorized. And I think a lot of that is because back in the day as the fourth up to, you know, when Jesus was around, when Muhammad was around, everything was taught orally, you Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't easy. We didn't have, you know, printing presses and it wasn't easy to get your hands on paper. So it was very important to learn stories and phrases orally. Um, But, as you've told, as you've taught me, they, you know, Muhammad didn't read or write. So he then had people reading and writing, which is the same criticism that we get about Jesus. How do we know that what these guys wrote down is true? How do we know what he said and what they're saying he said? And, you know, what scrutiny has the Quran been put under from historians and Um. archaeologists to, to say that that's all accurate. And this part about Jesus is accurate. Because I, I'm really convinced that it really happened the way Oof. I thought it does. Yeah. It, it Hold
4: on. So. Uh oh. Uh oh. He's he's this stretching got me for this so one. Hype right now. <laughs> I, I love this conversation. By the me way, it's, it's been almost two hours, and it feels like it's only been a few minutes. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. This, yeah. Is this is why I had the question. This is why I here. had the question because we were talking about this right, and we said how the Quran is um is made very simple, very easy to memorize. My question to you, have you ever heard a recitation of the Quran?
3: No, I have not. Okay,
4: beautiful. There's this one surah, which means chapter. It's the first chapter of the Quran, it's called Surah Al-Fatiha. Every single Muslim knows this, why? Because we recite this every single day, five times a day. It's the main prayer for guidance. Rami, please, bro, please <laughs> show them Surah Al Fatiha, bro. Bro, we please we recite die. this more than five times a day.
3: Does that oh, address yeah, right. my does that address my question though about yeah, I think the, I think it'll the, address the I the think, think it'll address a lot to, of questions to where to who wrote it down and <laughs> who wrote it down?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's it another definitely, question, you know. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to the know. Re-
4: the reason okay, before Rami goes, the reason I'm I'm like even bringing this up is because you say that like Perhaps there's a, a suspicion that maybe these other the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon them, is that they may have got it wrong. Just like maybe the disciples may have gotten it wrong right. as well. Right? So that that's a genuine concern. That's a genuine, you know, question. But then again it goes back to the the Quran being very simple and very easy to memorize and, and it just it hits differently even people who, who don't understand the language like I, i'm genuinely i still don't understand the language myself i'm puerto rican i speak spanish i'm gonna speak every but it's something different and, and i'm gonna let rami go because it's again like when it's something like this like that there's just no way there's no way that someone would just completely get something wrong here Oh, go ahead, please, please. please,
2: Yeah, so I do want to answer your question head on because it, it is a great question, and it's something that I've looked into. I'd say not definitely not on a scholarly level because I'm not a scholar, but uh, I think in depth enough to give a reasonable answer. Cool. So, when it comes to the Quran's preservation and something like you know, like the Bible's preservation, I wouldn't even compare the Quran to the Bible in that way, and there's a reason for that. I'll discuss that after. But I first want to focus on the Quran. The Quran was delivered to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Um, from God through the angel Gabriel, as we all know, over 23 years. And every time, you know, maybe something would happen, sometimes God would reveal revelation in regards to a certain situation. So we have context to know when these verses were applied, when they were set down, so on and so forth. And this happened over 23 years. Every time revelation would come down, the prophet, peace be upon him, would have two companions who could read and write, write the what was re- revealed down on whatever they had, and they would read it back to the Prophet peace be upon him and make sure it's correct. Okay. And they would go and they would tell the people and, and, and teach the people. And um, they would memorize it as well. And then over the 23 years, they compiled the Quran. <clears throat> Pardon me. You had people like the cousin of the Prophet Ali radiallahu anhu, may God be pleased with him, who had basically like 91 out of 113 chapters of the Quran to himself in his own book. He memorized the whole thing, but he had it written down in his own book, just, just for him. And others had other parts here and there. At the time of Abu Bakr, who is the best friend of the Prophet for his whole life, right? This is when Abu Bakr came into leadership. He, literally, I'm talking like maybe less than 10 years after the Prophet passed away, had people, uh, one one specific companion who's very knowledgeable, um, basically make the book into one compiled book. So instead of being on different manuscripts here and there, he went to the people who memorized it, and there were very specific, very, very specific qualifications that basically it has to be memorized by two people with very strong memory and recitation yeah. and all that. Um, and they, there cannot be any uh, confliction with like, basically anyone um, with that verse. And he would collect it. And then later this was done basically again in the time of Uthman. Um, and I can discuss that, but it's a little bit longer of a story. So for the sake of it, I think that clears it up. So you yeah, have like, That's
3: pretty a, tight. It's a pretty tight timeline and a pretty tight set of rules, it yeah. sounds
2: like. Yeah. And, and what's very important for Muslims and this gets to what I do compare the Bible to, which is the hadith, the narrations of the prophet. We have sayings of the prophet, peace be upon him, himself from his mouth, what he said and what he did, delivered to us from his companions in what we call chains of narration. So it would literally be like Rami told onhil, onhil told Fayad, Fayad told Sunny, Sunny told his mom that, um, you know, we're real, we're all very happy to be here today. That's what Rami said, you know, and we know that I'm a good... You know, I have good memory. I'm a good transmitter. So was Angel. So was Fayyad. All these people are trustworthy, reliable. We have names of people going back to the Prophet, peace Mm be upon him, himself, with he said this and so on and so forth. When you look at something like the Bible, obviously it's not to be disrespectful, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but when you look at the Bible, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John as the Gospels um, were just kind of conveniently named the the Gospel according to Mark, (laughs) Matthew, Luke, and John. No, they they weren't. They were rules. They I mean, if you ask any New Testament scholar, those gospels were written anonymously. Like Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John were written anonymously. He, we don't know who actually authored those, those gospels.
3: Um, no, we actually do. Luke was a Luke was a follower of um, Paul, and he was a doctor and a scholar in his own right. And he learned everything he he wrote from Paul. Uh, Matthew, it the book of Matthew was very clearly um written by him and it was slanted towards his uh his personal bend on understanding you know reconciling christianity and judaism and so so i'm not sure where that um assertion comes from because because they were they the whole reason they are they are considered the purest and um most uh reliable sources of what happened is because they were written by either apostles or the followers of apostles. So it was two and two, two written by apostles, two written by their, their, their students. And they, and they have to have very specific, uh, the church early on set very specific rules for what, and those are the only four books in the whole Bible that met that criteria.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that like Matthew didn't have the lean of Matthew or it didn't like, for example, like initially start with Matthew or his perspective, um, although there are, you know, um, New Testament scholars that say that like Mark, Matthew, Luke had the same source material to begin with. Right. What I'm trying to say is that who put pen to paper for the Gospel of Matthew was not Matthew himself. So, you know, you can.
3: No, no, I know that you're trying to say. And I'm and yeah. I'm and I'm I, I, where, did, where's that coming from? And I'd like to, maybe we should look more into that more because it's not yeah. at all what I've, it's not at all what I've been taught and, um, and I, I, I don't think it's accurate.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, you know, no, no problem in disagreeing. New Testament scholars disagree as well. Um, what I'm giving is one New Testament scholar or one, one scholarly opinion, which is that we don't know the authors. Um, and you'll find this basically all over, you know, or uh, sorry, New Testament scholarship. Um, let me mention something a little more definitive. Most of the New Testament manuscripts we have actually come from, I think, the 7th century or maybe even the ninth. But it came at least 800 years or like most of the manuscripts are from at least 800 years after Jesus, peace be upon him. So for us to look at these manuscripts and try and derive an original or say that we can say these are the original um, is, is not possible, which is why New Testament scholars like Bart Ehrman um, in, his, in one of his debates with another New Testament scholar, they both agreed to this, by the way. He said that New Testament scholars stop using the word, the originals. They stopped using the term because they know there's no such thing and that we're not going to find it at this pace. Because even with like, yeah, we have early second century manuscripts, but they're smaller than a credit card um, and they don't have too, too much on it. Most of the manuscripts and all that come from like hundreds of years after Jesus. We don't know how many scribal errors um, you know, occurred or how many intentional changes occurred from the time of Jesus, peace be upon him to those manuscripts and the reason this is so important is because even in the current Bible we have today we will find very clear I would say you know distinctions or contradictions that you can't really reconcile Um, for example James was teaching people to uphold the law while Paul was going to the Gentiles saying you don't have to worry about you know circumcising your children all this you don't need to worry about the law just believe Jesus died for your sins well, that's you
3: know- people that's people not Jesus but I can address all of this because I've been reading about all of this and mm-hmm. hearing all of these exact arguments and um and, and and scholarly opinions that address them and explain them actually pretty well and I would I want to we can you can keep talking now, but I'm gonna stick a pin in it for myself. And on our next call, I totally want to dig into this more because I mm-hmm. I know where to find the answers, at least Absolutely. even if I don't know them by heart. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I I respect that very very much. I respect that very much. One of the things Muslims are taught is that when you don't know, and this goes you know more so for me, finding on being online when we don't know something, we have to say I don't know and just you know, not say anything. Yeah. You appreciate that. Because I know there's a lot of people, Muslim or non-Muslim, that would sit here and try and make something up to sound good. And it's obviously, that's not something that is commendable. But uh, you guys very much are commendable in my eyes. I appreciate you guys coming on so much. This has been such a beautiful discussion. And I I, I really hope that we can continue this on or off stream really does not matter to me.
3: We have to talk more because I love your perspectives and I love everything I'm learning from you. And I love that you're driving me to, you know, I'm driving myself to learn more, but you're driving me even more and hitting the gas for me, and I just love it. And I think that I want to go back to the same thing that our, what we have in common, whether or not we ever agree on, you know uh, if Jesus was crucified, like I don't care. It doesn't matter. I care about it, but I don't care if we agree <laughs> for clarity. Um, I, I just think that the fact that we're having these conversations and showing how much we have in common is what really matters. And I and I think we should I I hope that more Christians and Muslims will sit down together and have conversations that end in, wow, you know, we're all on the same team here at the in the end.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. And very, very beautifully said, Allah tells us in the Quran to come to terms and agreements and um, find similarities with the people of the book that we believe in one God alone. And I think that is definitely a very beautiful uh, place to start and end off with. Um, do either of you have any questions for us before we end the the live stream?
0: I mean, I have some questions that I wrote down. I didn't know if I should just sure, save them. Bro.
2: Let's do it. Let's do a quick fire, bro. This let's is, do it, let's do gonna, it bro. Yeah, I, feel like, be... I feel like
0: Sonny didn't even get the limelight. Yeah,
2: let's I do know. quick fire. Well,
0: my guy. mom's more um, – she, she knows more about you know the, the actual oh, Bible it's all, it's and history than bro. me. So it makes sense that yeah. she would be more you know involved. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of have some weird questions. So, like, who who it. did people pray to? before bc or what does the, the quran talk about because if this religion is only two thousand years old and it, it, it truly is you know the truth and stuff then like there's there's been people for thousands and thousands of years before that who, who were they were they praying
2: to and, and what did they look up to yeah so you can actually see all throughout history so if you guys want to take the the mic you can jump in fighter on hill i just um, wanted to say um he's,
1: you're probably going to go in and say it's not two thousand years ago
2: Oh, what's not 2000 years ago? <coughs> like islam is not like you know 600 years oh. ago or something oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what i mean yeah yeah 100 so islam just means submission to god you'll find throughout many traditions especially like when you look at judaism um they yeah they don't use the word allah it's a different language but they they'll say elohim yahweh and so they won't say the good name of god they think it's too holy to say but what they describe is what who we believe to be allah god you know one creator Um, who is independent, self-sufficient, created, everything that exists, he's all knowledgeable, all the best attributes belong to him, so on and so forth, Um, and he knows everything and all of that. You'll find that the people, you have people who worship like fire and these pagan things, but in terms of actually worshipping God, Islam has always been there, in terms of worshipping one God with the characteristics I described. It was there um, since Judaism, or sorry, there since the time of Adam, before Judaism, um, many different, I'm forgetting the... The, the people that you know, we know worship one God I don't think it's Zoroastrians um, I think it's a different thing But basically you'll find throughout history People worship one God alone Allah did not, was not invented with Islam you know, Allah, Even the, the Arabs at the time of the Prophet Before Islam came They believed in Allah Yeah they worshipped idols But they believed that those idols Were a, a way to get to Allah And that's one of the things The Prophet peace be <laughs> upon him came to, to denounce So I hope that's clear that Islam didn't start 1400 years ago there's one God where they worship throughout all of history that humans have an inclination to worship. And to
4: add to that, to add to that, bro, we, everything that's created. So every created thing is actually born in a state of submission. It's created in a state of submission to the creator itself. Um, You can notice this in the animals and just everything. If you actually just pay attention and look at what God has created in this world. Now we, as humans, we, we have this innate desire to worship something. All right Now if we do not worship God, we worship maybe money, maybe it could be women, maybe it could be men, maybe it could be a job, maybe it could be, I don't know, some a singer, power. some artist or something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So the point is that throughout history, people have this innate desire to worship something. So if they're not worshiping God, then they're going to worship something else. That's and when you see all these different, they're idols, right? Like in Hinduism, you have idols. In uh, Roman mythology and Greek mythology, this you have the god of war, you have the like Zeus, you have all this stuff. Where it's, in Greek and Roman it's actually the same thing, just different names. Pagan, worshipping the sun. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we had this brother on here on the podcast. Uh, may God bless him because he's just powerhouse. Like, he has so much knowledge and so much wisdom. But he was saying how like what ends up happening when you when someone says okay, the god of war, right? You can't have the God of war without God itself because it's basically like if, if I give you two things. Right? If I tell you to think about a mountain, you can think about a mountain. You've probably seen a mountain maybe in a picture or in real life. You've heard about it. it it's around. Yeah? If I tell you to think about gold, you've probably seen gold. You probably felt gold or talked about it at some points. So you can understand what gold is. But if I tell you, imagine a gold mountain. You've never seen a gold mountain. It's, it For as much as we know, it does not exist. So because of this, it's like you'd have to, like, bring the two ideas, the idea of the mountain and the idea of the gold together to create a gold mountain. So when we say the God of war, and may God forgive us for this, you're bringing the idea of God and the idea of war and then linking it together, which is a, a clear error because you're you're attributing this thing as, like, this is being, like, this is one God of this. And then you have another God of this. So, again, it just goes to show that we want to worship something. And you see that throughout history. So I hope that kind of just adds on it, to it. And it's,
0: it's definitely the truth. Because before I, I made any money or anything, you know, you, you think like once I hit $100,000, all, that's all you need. And it is all just idols at the end of the day because you hit it and it doesn't mean anything. Even like 100,000 subs. Like, for yeah, the longest yeah, yeah. time in my head, it's, like, a YouTube plaque is, like, the holy mm. grail. Like, I did it. You and talking then about you that do thing it. right there? Yeah. And then. Oh, oh you got a plaque. <laughs> so
3: I, I thought that was your fuse box. I'm so sorry.
0: What you a
4: plaque on that?
0: Oh, This
4: is. I don't know if you can long see long it, long. it, but this is. This is from my channel, my other YouTube channel. And I have like closing in on 300,000 subscribers. And it's the same thing, but like, it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Yeah, It's
3: nice to have. And it does mean, it does mean something. But it, it means something in the sense that like we have to remember um, today I do the verse of the day uh, on, this, on this Bible app. And it talked about everything we accomplish isn't our accomplishment. It's God's accomplishment. So if yeah. through your other channel, you got that award, but you were able to do the work. Could do God's work through that and spread the yeah. word that you're trying to spread. Then it is it, it is worthwhile. But it, yeah. again, it isn't it isn't everything to hang your hat on. So it, I don't I, it, I don't think we should fully diminish accomplishments either. Oh no, of course. Just not I'm not as, as I'm. I'm just know, saying that, that more this him. was um
4: <laughs> like what your what your son Sonny was saying is that he wanted to get that hundred thousand, and it's like okay, well, once you get it, it's um it's an empty feeling, and that's the mind. Our mind makes it out to be like ah once we get this thing then we'll be good once we get that thing then we'll be good but it's it's never the case and the only case where we actually feel the peace is when we do the main thing that we were actually created for which was to worship god yeah so it just all comes back
0: yeah no yeah like, like i was gonna say i mean i felt excited for maybe like like thirty seconds. Like I'm not even joking. It gets old. It gets old so quick. It's, it really yeah. is so Absolutely. empty. And a lot of people do the same thing with money, everything, and it's it's just never ending.
3: So yeah. think of it this way: when you're having a bad day or a bad, when I'm having a bad day or a bad moment, if I talk to God, it, it 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 just it helps to fill me with peace and trust that it's going to work if I'm having that same bad moment and I think about that time I got a hundred thousand subs, it's does to do the same thing. Like it doesn't <laughs> like God is so consistent, consistent and, and pure and, and it's yeah. always, it always is, it has the retail therapy effect always, you know, where, you know, those other things you can revisit them and go, ah, oh, that's nice, but it's not really going to help you. It's not going to be the light in the dark mm-hmm. in your life
0: yeah should i ask another question or do you guys have to are you all good
3: i'm good i'm getting thirsty and and hot and and you know Mm. it's getting late but yeah i've got a little left in me
0: um so i'll ask
3: god for more strength to you know (laughs) uh
0: so i had a question i mean i kind of want to just bring it up like about the recent Balenciaga stuff that's going on and where there's evil, where it's, it's demonstrated right in front of your eyes mm-hmm. and they don't even try to hide it. Does the Quran <laughs> mention anything like that about watching out for evil specifically and on a, not like strategies to like avoid it? But does it mm-hmm. say anything about like the strategies that these current people are using to, to push clear evil and stuff
2: that's clearly against uh, the will of God? Um, actually, I'd say maybe surprisingly to some people, yes, there there are instances of that. For example, um, God would God mentioned Allah mentioned in the Quran. Um, there's a few different examples. The people that you know ca- cause corruption in the earth, and then when you go to them and say you're causing corruption, they say that no, we're just instilling peace. We're just instilling peace, you know. And th- these people will come. They'll be like, well, no, we're just we're just fighting for rights. We're just fighting for basic human rights. Well, that's what they and, say. Yeah, percent. But they're really hiding something demonic under this guise of human rights but Islam will say well you know your rights who determines what a right is you're just making it up and then saying you're fighting for this thing you made up all while hiding this demonic thing Allah also mentions in the Quran people who would be punished and why are they punished because they put themselves into bad predicaments you know people like I'm uh, guys like I'm gonna go preach the message outside of a nightclub it's like bro like you're literally one step away from being inside this demonic hall and this is where you want to go preach the message like yeah they need it but is that the circumstance you as a person should be putting yourself in? Not necessarily. I would say same thing with, you know, maybe going to some of these fashion conventions or to some of these concerts. And I know you had a, a very specific opinion on concerts, Sonny. And I love that take. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sunny, I, I believe, is against concerts because it's cringe to go, just jump, bob your head up and down like a loser. Uh, it's it's really cringe, honestly. It's just a waste of time. Um, and there are probably some I'm not remembering currently but it's literally all over the quran but the best summary to make as fast as possible is anything that god tells us is good um is something that's beneficial to us and will be good for us and we should enjoy those things anything that is haram that is evil that is wrong we should avoid it and and as for the measures we should take to avoid it um the best best measure is prevention completely complete prevention that's why people will see islam as strict but it's it's not really strict in 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 all honesty. It's just we're so loose as a society. We don't care what we do. Uh, you can literally the government will let you drink till you kill yourself, and it doesn't really matter to them. Islam will say no. Anything that intoxicates you in large amounts, you cannot even have a little bit of it. So, wow, it, that's possible. it's really interesting you say that point because I've kind of felt the same
0: way where they do a lot of this stuff with the Trojan horse. So they'll say it's just for acceptance. It's just for mental health. And that's why they're giving hormones to kids, and it's oh, like, that's that the, the excuses they use is is a pretty much perfect analogy of what you just said. Yeah, definitely. And, find and, that and when
3: you're young, and even when you're older, you know you can be fooled by causes, mm-hmm. and they and and because they, they are do like perfect becoming a Trojan horse. And so I think the way to avoid that, and I may just be repeating what you just said, Rami, is just stay true to God. And then you don't you don't put yourself on a path where you can come into contact with a Trojan horse at all. Avoidance, yeah. and you know it's like, what mm-hmm. do I say? Nothing. Every every mother says this. Nothing good happens after nine o'clock. Out, you know. Mm-hmm. So stay in the house. At, you know, come home. Uh, and yeah. and that's kind of a a simplistic way of of you know staying out of trouble, mm-hmm. and staying away from those evil things. But the Balenciaga thing, I think, was just so so outrageously atrocious you couldn't even make it up no, the level I mean, of detail they went to to promote child pornography and that's just a- like
0: the most clear evil that there is so it's so it's just mm. crazy to see that that's like one of the biggest fashion companies that's what their their real motives are
3: like i still can't believe that that's that was a real th- a real story that wasn't just a scene in a in a in a weird movie
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah Habibi, bro. But the thing is, man, this is we shouldn't even be surprised by this, you know. And we we shouldn't even look to see, uh, or oh, what what is said in religions about these things. I mean, we just need to use our clear judgment, our own eyes. Like we can see these things in front of our eyes. When I was younger, I'm not that old, by the way. Let me say that. You talk was <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. When I was younger, I would go to these festivals. I would go to these things like EDC. You know what EDC is, right? Yep. Bro, I went to EDC. And let me tell you something everyone there's on drugs.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Either they're on drugs or they're drinking. And, bro, that I was at this one stadium where it's like, okay, the music was nice at the time. But as we're like jumping, as we're dancing, everyone's like, everyone looks like NPC characters. Yeah, they're boss. Yeah. Bro, everyone's like, ah, I, I, I jump in like this. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is wrong with these people? And as, bro, as this is happening, there's random things that are popping up on the stage. People aren't like, they're not catching onto it because they're so far gone. Something else mm-hmm. is controlling them at that point in time, whether they're drinking or whether they're on a substance, something else is controlling them. When I was there on the stage, clear as night and day, bro. Do you know what Baphomet is? Have you ever heard of Baphomet? No. Baphomet, write that down. Do your research on that. That is, I think it's some kind of like demon or something that these people worship. They were showing Baphomet just right on the stage like this. And I'm literally like, I stopped dancing and I'm looking at this thing and I'm just looking around to see if anyone else is like catching this. No one else was catching it because again, everyone's like off somewhere else. And from that moment in time, I was like, whoa, there's something really messed up happening here. And I started doing my own research. Turns out that that's not the first thing. And it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's not just in festivals, bro. It's everywhere in the world. So it's like the Balenciaga stuff. So Nike had something at one point. like, bro, And no matter where you go, like, it, it's, these are signs that show us that we are in the end of times or we are nearing the end of times. So it's, again, like, we don't, we don't need something or someone to tell us this. It's just, we just look for ourselves and we can see it. What see, a lot, of people, a lot of people oh, ask
1: okay. these. Oh, I was just going to wrap it up with uh, his point with a lot of people ask these questions. Like, you see Lil Nas X giving Satan a lab dance. Is it really that obvious? Isn't that too, like, do you guys really believe in Satan and this? And one of the tricks or one of the main ideas or intentions of the devil is to convince the world that he doesn't exist. Yeah. So in a way, it really has to be kind of out in plain sight. Mm, That's a really good
0: point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We talked about this in
1: an episode we made uh, about the metaverse that they really need that type of consent. Like if you look at demonic rituals and how they kind of do what they do, we don't want to go too much. You guys can do your own research. But when you do it, they
0: need that consent from people. They can't do it behind people's backs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting because I used to look at that stuff as kind of just like "Eh, whatever like it's just them, their culture, uh, not their culture, but I wouldn't look at it as a, as big of a deal. And then I'd see older people getting really mad at that stuff. And I kind of didn't understand why they got so mad. Yeah. And then now when you look deeper and you're like, wow, it's, it's, it's not just like coincidence that he's dancing on the devil. Like there's true evil behind that stuff. And it really does change your whole perspective on it. 100%.
4: Yeah, you know yeah. yeah. We
3: got a lot of work to do. We have to fish. We have yeah. to fish and find more people, and you keep fishing. Let's all go fishing. I don't care what that catch is. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We got to tip can, the balance.
1: We can actually go balance. fishing in real life, too. Just so you <laughs> know, sure. but in we... real
3: life, I get sad. I feel bad for the fish, even though I eat them. I'm a hypocrite.
1: Um, uh, we got to listen. Our, and next stream, inshallah, God willing, we can talk about Christmas, too, because I want to know your take on Christmas. You know, Santa Claus and all this. Even as a kid, I would always wonder. I was like, my parents and like, you know, everything I was taught about Islam. We learned that, you know, Allah, God knows all you do, if you're good or you're bad, if you're a, you're a good boy or a naughty boy, whatever they make Santa, you know, Santa Claus be. And they're like, you know, we have to pray to Allah and then Allah will give us what we want. And then when I go to school, they're telling us this is what we got to do with Santa Claus. We got to write letters to Santa, which is kind of like a dua, but, you know, it's not right. So you're, you're making a prayer to something that doesn't even exist. I'm sure no kid growing up really believed in Santa Claus, but, you know, they use all this music too jingle bells you know what i mean it's like it gets you into that flow and it's yearly you know what i mean so forget just the financial Mm. thing too but it's it's idolatry at the end Mm. of the day
4: as a kid man i think we believed in almost anything because again kids are innocent
3: i
1: believed you
4: know kids are innocent i believed i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure almost everyone believed when they were told about Santa Claus. I used to wait up all night for this man. I think one night, I think I hallucinated and I saw this man like running across the living room. and I was like, ooh, and I just ran in my room real quick. But um, <laughs> it, it goes to show like as kids we're born innocent. And in, in Islam, it, it speaks that um, everyone is born with the fitra and the fitra is the innate state of uh, submission to God. Remember I spoke about this earlier. So it's again like we want to we want to worship something. We want to believe because it's it's within us. It's been within us since the moment we were created in this world and there's mm-hmm. reason for that. Imagine imagine we didn't have this. Imagine we didn't want to believe. Imagine we didn't actually believe. We didn't want to worship anything. It's like well, we'd be exactly what these atheists claim we are. And that mm-hmm. that'd be tragic if you ask me. That would yeah. be tragic.
3: You know, yes, I, I love what you just said. Um, I want to go back to, if I add, with the Santa Claus thing. And I I would like to have an entire conversation about that as well, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I, I don't know, back in biblical times, uh, you know, year 2000 and the year, you know, 600 – what children's bedtime stories looked like? Was it just teaching children, you know, was it just bedtime prayers? was was it nothing? was it were there fictional characters that were used, you know to 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 keep children's imaginations going and just for fun? and And I'm sure you know, I like to think there were. There was fiction. And you know it's just, to me, that's what Santa Claus is. I think it's I think it's a fun thing to do with your kids and have play you know, have an imaginary uh, friend in the North Pole. That you eventually grow up and learn doesn't exist, um, and I don't know that I see the harm in it. But I want to—I don't want to get into it too much right now because I do want to hear your perspective on that. And my definitely. my perspective is certainly very American, um, uh, it, and not that Santa Claus is a uniquely American thing, but my my I'm I'm American Santa who's super materialistic, and he's. You know, I think um, I
1: think given that it's it's the holiday season, December twenty fifth is coming up. I think we can definitely do uh an episode on christmas sometime we can talk about that i asked the sheikh though um who's like an islamic scholar and i asked the sheikh i was like what are your thoughts on santa claus don't you find it crazy that it people are basically committing idolatry they're asking you know santa claus for all this and they're like santa he was like santa is just satan rearranged and he's like the goal of satan is always to misguide the people and get them to prostrate to something that isn't god and i'll never forget that
3: santa means saint (laughs) I mean, yeah, Nicholas but in yeah, Italian,
1: <laughs> But you, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's one. Um, if sonny you have any other questions that you
0: want us to just wrap it
1: up about Santa Claus far, now. You
0: can talk. About. Um, I think we can just save it for the next time. Cool. Now, before we wrap up the stream, we want to give you the full
4: Islamic Rami. experience.
0: Rami,
1: bro, listen. If you want to recite the Quran, right? So in Islam, I'm sure, you know, we recite Qurans, You can find Qur'an recitations anywhere. The opening of the Qur'an is called Surah Al-Fatiha, right? This is basically the opening, the first chapter or first surah of the Qur'an. Um, Rami, if you want, you can recite it now. If you don't, we can recite it next, you know, stream as well. Whatever you're good with. He has the best uh, recitation voice out of all of us. Allahumma barak. That's why I, I throw it to Rami.
3: I'd love to hear it. I have a question. Are you going to recite it in English so that we understand it? or You can do or-
1: it in Rami, and, and, do and I don't
3: to... mean I'm not being fresh. I mean I just yeah. I would yeah. love to get something from it, uh, you yeah. know that that would help us understand it a little more.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So I actually have the Quran here. So I can't. When it comes to reciting, you can't recite it in um, in English because there are specific rules to reciting it in the Arabic language. Um, but there definitely is the translation. Have you guys heard a recitation of the Quran before? No. Have, do you guys have a, Do you guys have a copy of the Quran? Ooh not yet no okay, inshallah we'll, we'll send you guys one we'll touch base afterwards and send you one. Oh, thank
0: you
3: day. thank you um,
2: so i'll recite it and i i listen if i had hyped me up my recitation is not that great you guys should hear An-Hil Allahumma hill he has an amazing nah, voice honestly nah, 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 but there are reciters that have such beautiful voices i want to send yeah. you um, uh, surah mariam chapter about mary mother mary peace be upon yes. her yes and um, the recitation there is, is beautiful and i honestly think it will resonate with you guys so <coughs> I'm going to recite um, again the opening inshallah awd billahi minashaitanir rajeem bismillahi rahmanir rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. arrahmanir rahim maliki yawmid din idyak na'budu wa idyak nasta'in ihdinas siratal mustaqim <laughs> and what that means <clears throat> in the name of Allah in the name of God the most gracious the most merciful all praises to God the Lord of the worlds the compassionate the most compassionate the most merciful master of the day of judgment you alone we worship, and you alone we ask for help. Guide us along the straight path, the path of those who you have blessed, not the path of those who you are displeased with, nor those who went astray. We recite this. Amen. Alhamdulillah. Amen. Amen. We recite this at least five times a day, um, but it's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful chapters in the Quran um, because the first half of it is praising God. The other half of it is asking God to guide us and, and keep us on the straight path. Um, so it does, it does honestly wonders for Muslims, alhamdulillah.
3: It's a really nice opening. It really, it really is, you know, that says, you know, I, basically I heard when you said in English, like, I trust in everything I'm about to read here and I trust that you will give me the strength to, you know, live by it. 100%. And, all right. Is that kind of, all right. Nice.
0: Beautiful.
2: Very All right, Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
3: I've never heard that before in person or online, or maybe I heard it in a movie and I didn't know, you know, what I was hearing. So thank you for sharing that.
4: Of course, of course. You guys That's- were awesome. But again, no, nah, no, nah, y'all were awesome. Listen, honestly, it's, yeah. again, it's almost two and a half hours now. And it feels like it's only been <laughs> a few minutes. Like, I don't know if they kind of said it in the beginning, but when we started this YouTube channel, they they said something, but in reality, like, my thoughts when I started this YouTube channel with them is I wanted to share the conversations that we had with other people because it's not very often that you have these conversations. And and this right here, this right here, this this is what it's all about. This brings me back to like the the, the first days that we were making YouTube videos where it's like this is why we started. It's like these conversations right here, it's on point.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, it was a good time.
3: Really good. Really good. Thank you, fellas. Mm-hmm. Thank you okay. so much for so much of your time, and we'll be back with you soon. We'll let you guys. Waiting. We'll let. We'll you know have. I'll have my people talk to your people.
2: <laughs> inshallah, <laughs> inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. Coming on. Um, thank you for for holding it out this long as well. Um, it doesn't mean a lot. These are the conversations that matter. Um, with that being said, on our end, uh, we want to say Allahumma <laughs> atina fil dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina nar. That means. Um, May all, basically may Allah, may God give us goodness in this life and in the afterlife and protect us from the punishment of the fire Allahumma ameen um, Amen. and with that being said as wa rahmatullahi Peace be with you You as it well is, is, is
3: ours.